This episode is brought to you by Collector Mount. Mount all your old DVD, m- movies, Blu-rays, and records on your wall. Sounds good, Mike. You know, it's not just for uh, DVDs and movies and such. I saw you could do comics as well. That's right. Yeah, anyone that's The website's a- actually comicmount.com. Yeah, visit comicmount.com and enter code LATEFEE25 for 25% off your order. You know what I'd like to get in the uh, comic mounts? Yeah. Yeah, Archie versus Predator. That'd be sweet, like all of them. Oh, God, that'd be great. Those are some great covers, too. Absolutely. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, welcome, everybody, to Massive Late Fee. Uh, I've had a good week, Mike. Has your week been pretty good? It was all right. Today we're talking about uh, all the movies that we've seen and haven't seen throughout the year. As as everyone knows, we don't usually give our opinions on movies that we haven't seen, but uh, we always do also give opinions on movies we haven't seen. We, we break that rule every <laughs> every time. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll be uh, doing that. But first, uh, the news, Mike. Uh, have you seen any of the news that I've uh, found throughout the week? I guess. Oh, oh shit! What was it? There's something. Yeah, from last week we were talking about. You remember you said a uh, friends was canceled. Oh yeah, that's right. Everything yeah, they, that we said last week is now not true anymore. Yeah, they they brought it back. I, I think they paid like a a lot, like a hundred million dollars. Is that correct? Yeah, that's could right. that possibly be correct? That is. How that, could that's this right? <laughs> I have no idea how Netflix makes money. I really don't. Because considering a lot of the... Um, the Volume. Well, yeah, exactly. But considering the things, that the numbers that I've seen that they pay for different things, I have no clue. But yeah, they paid $100 million to keep Friends on for one more year. $100 million for one year of uh, I don't know. broadcasting Friends. Here's a, here's a reverse of that. If you, if someone paid you a hundred million dollars to do nothing but watch Friends on a loop all year, would you do it? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god! And then the next day you buy a hundred million dollar gun and put a bullet in your head. <laughs> oh well, I'd have a lot to leave to my family because all I would need is a stepladder and a noose. But uh, nooses are cheap, people. That's right. That, that If you learn anything from this podcast, you should learn that nooses are cheap. Oh, but, uh, yeah, um, so they did that. And also, Kevin Hart is not hosting the Oscars anymore. Oh, yeah. Which, which we also reported on because when we reported on it, that was true. It is no longer true. Uh, apparently, he uh, some homophobic tweets uh, came up the, from, uh, I think, around three or four years ago. And they decided that uh, they didn't want to deal with that. Um, well, I suppose he decided they wanted an, they wanted him to issue an apology, and he said that he wouldn't apologize for it. He's grown and and changed and everything uh, since. And then. I think he's already apologized for it, is and, what he said too. Yeah, and then in his statement saying that he wasn't going to host the Academy Awards, he uh, apologized anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. that was kind of, see, I was kind of like, uh, I'm like, well, good for him to not apologize. You know, you already talked about it. It's not your fault if he can do, you know, a smidgen of research to see that you said these things. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, who would think that something controversial would be on Twitter? Right. 
especially from a um, especially but, from a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I, I I hate it when comedians apologize, no matter like how offensive or like grotesque their comments are. It just it really bothers me because I, it's kind of like one of the last bastions of free speech. I agree. I totally agree with you. I hate when they apologize too. I hate people getting offended at comedians. Um, to me, intent matters. You know, when a comedian makes a joke, like when Bill Burr, you know, makes a joke about women or, um, you know, gay people or something like that, or uses a gay slur in his uh, stand-up act, the intent isn't to marginalize or um, denigrate, you know, any kind of uh, section of society. If you listen to him talk on his podcast or just in interviews, it's clear he doesn't believe these things. They're just jokes. A lot of times when people, when comedians make jokes like this, it, it's in, you know, as in a satirical or ironic way to kind of highlight, um, you know, different uh, points of view that uh, lead to marginalization. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. I hate it. Um, I've always hated it. I don't think that he should not host the Oscars because of this, but it is what it is, and you know they're, the Academy Awards are going to make the decisions they make. I mean, I don't know who they're going to get better. I mean, I'm not a huge. I mean, I've seen him like on uh, podcasts and stuff. He's funny guy. He seems. He, I've heard nothing about him being like a really nice person, you know, off stage. But I mean, as far as like you know, popularity, who are they going to get that's better than Kevin Hart? I mean, I can't think of a single person. I don't know, and I, I don't know who they're going to get now. I saw. I think there was a writer from I believe it was Deadline. Uh, made a very humorous pitch for uh, him hosting. Um, but I don't, you know, they still, it's in March, I believe, or, or uh, February, late February or March, and they still don't have a host yet. That's not a great sign. But um, do you think uh, Billy Crystal is just like trembling uh, next to a phone somewhere? <laughs> in anticipation. I, I don't know if he has some weird disease. I hope he doesn't. No, no, it's not. It's not like if you had said Michael J. Fox. Which would or, have, uh, which would have or Robin offensive. Williams. Uh, again, nooses are cheap. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, oh rest Just ask David Carradine. Rest in peace. Hey, uh, Hollywood Hangman, that's all I'm saying. Right? Yeah, we'll have to get into that at some point. Um, but no, so the, uh, the other news um, from this week is uh, most of it's pretty terrible actually but um paramount pictures came out with a uh, moving logo for uh a live action sonic the hedgehog movie and people are why? pissed <laughs> why why the movie i have no idea i i, I don't why? i don't know what the point of any of this is i don't know who they think are gonna watch. apparently there are some hardcore sonic the hedgehog yeah i would hedgehog say i don't know it's more there. surprising that they're making a movie or that people are upset that they're not making it a certain way yeah and and i don't understand why they're angry it's kind of a dumb little poster i don't know that i think a lot of people are upset with the way he looks um and i mean of all like the the video game like uh you know spokesman so to speak he's like fourth and the top three are nintendo yeah i mean why I mean, Pokemon's Nintendo, Mario's Nintendo, um, Link, I would say, is a, a more well-known character than Sonic. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, I, I mean, like, does, Sega doesn't even really exist anymore, do they? I mean, weren't they bought? I honestly don't. Do they, The Dreamcast is the last thing I knew from them, and that was old. Oh, yeah. Long like, their biggest game on the Dreamcast was? No. Spyro. Yeah, oh, God. Spyro. 
That's almost as bad as uh, the TurboGrafx-16. Remember that one with Bonk? Yeah, I remember I played that Bonk game. I uh, It was like at the uh, store I used to play it because I always wanted it. But back then, for some reason, TurboGrafx-16 was like way more expensive than anything else. It was like $300 for like a handheld. Yeah. Or was it, no, that was their handheld. I don't know what their normal system was, but it was just like ridiculous. I mean, their games looked really cool, but... It was just like, you know, like three times the price of like a Game Boy. And, you know, you're going to have like way more games on a Game Boy. Yeah, I, I had one. I had a TurboGrafx-16 that my parents bought me, I think, for my birthday one year. Um, and, you know, I had... You uh, eat I, your cake with a silver spoon that year, Mark? <laughs> Apparently. I didn't realize it was so expensive. But, no, um, it was... The, the handheld was. I don't know about oh, okay. the, the console. It was probably yeah. fucking cheap. It was a piece of shit. <laughs> Well, the cards were really tiny, um, but I had Keith Courage and Bonk. They were good games, but... Um, but yeah, they were fun when I played them. Yeah, but, uh, you know, obviously not well-remembered, and they didn't sell extremely well. But yeah, so... Yeah, I, it's not like you're looking to go see a Keith Courage movie. <laughs> and then find someone's upset. Oh, that's not the way his hair looks. <laughs> yeah, a live-action Keith Courage, and they cast somebody like... Uh, Chris Hemsworth or something like that, and uh, and they say, "Oh, that's not how I picture Keith Courage." That's Keith Coward, in my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, I don't understand why people are upset about this, um, or why it's being made. Who's going to see it? Yeah, I don't know. I we watched while well, I watched uh, the uh, Godzilla King of Monsters trailer. Did you see that one? Uh, no, I didn't, and I will not be watching that. It's. <sighs> It it's a bunch of fighting, um, basically, and like okay, so I I haven't seen you know uh dis- disclosure for uh, all the listeners out there. I haven't seen the King Kong, the new newest King Kong movie, and I haven't seen the new Godzilla movie because I'm not really into the big uh, giant monster movies. But um, basically, from my understanding, is Godzilla appears, you know, in the movie. They kind of fight him. I guess he kind of becomes their friend at the end. I'm not sure exactly how how that works. I watched the movie and I don't remember how it ends. <laughs> but uh, in this trailer, it appears as if there's just literally dozens of giant monsters coming out from you know every. It looks like a mountain that was just like I guess lying there dormant is actually a monster back or something like that, and it starts <laughs> to move I, like. I don't understand what this world is. Where are all these monsters coming from? And if this is was, it Skull Island, I don't know. But if this was the case, uh, if this actually happened in our world, I wouldn't. Godzilla would not. That that wouldn't bring me comfort. Oh, we have a giant uh, monster that's on our side. All of them are destroying the entire world. The only comfort that I would get was if uh, Keith Courage came to help us out. That's right. He could, uh, hey, wait a second. Do you, do you think that's a metaphor for nuclear war? We're okay with our nukes, but the rest of the world we're disturbed by. Uh, that's that's a uh, that's a very interesting question. No, nah, they didn't put they didn't put any thought into it. <laughs> yeah, I think you just put more thought into it now than the producers did of this movie. But uh, you know, everyone that enjoys the big monster movies, I'm sure, will like it. It, it looks like an action packed trailer. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, would you say it's an adrenaline-filled uh, joyride? Yeah, I would probably say that it's way cool and heart-stoppingly fun. But uh, 
uh, the other the other piece of news it was kind of a slow news week, but the other piece of news that I had uh, this week is that straight. Do you watch Stranger Things on Netflix? Uh, I don't watch it, and I have no intention to watch it. Yeah, it's one of the things that I think you probably hate most of all. Is yeah, everything it's about it angers me. Filled. I hate nostalgia. Yeah. I hate the eighties. I hate child actors are the worst. Mm-hmm. Actually, the. I will say they. I watch the show. I, I I enjoy the show. They're they're kind of a rare exception. Uh, they do the actor the child actors in this show do pretty well. But they came out with um, the list of episodes for next season, uh, and obviously people are they all references to eighties shit. Not well, not really. They kind of they have that eighties feel, but they're not necessarily. Um, 80s inspired i don't think except for one which is my favorite one the third episode there are only eight episodes this is a trend that i like i know a lot of people probably don't love this but for years probably 10 15 20 years british shows have been like six uh six episodes a season eight episodes a season something like that i when there's so many places that you can see so many different kind of shows instead of stretching out a you can do that you can do 22 episodes a year with a sitcom or even like a CSI where it's a formula it's just plug 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 and you know all this uh you know it's all the kind of the same with you know little different and I, you know the, I like some sitcoms I'm not I'm not bashing the uh the system but I'm just saying that's more palatable when you have a show that has uh, that's that's um you know not episodic that's a uh, a, st- a through storyline and you have um a continuing arc when they try to stretch it out longer and longer it's just filler like the walking dead which my wife loves and i like at times but there's a lot of that show that is f- just filler i uh, hate zombies in general yeah i know but um but uh my, <laughs> I think every time you say the word we should have a drinking game on the show where every time you say the word hate someone takes a drink and then all of our listeners die of alcohol poisoning. I can't have that on my conscience. But anyway, so I like the trend of of shorter seasons. Um although some people are are not as happy that it's not, you know, longer. But well, I, I agree with you. I I mean, generally even eight episodes is stretching some stuff out that it doesn't really need to be stretched out. Yep, I agree. Unless you're like Vince Gilligan or, uh, you know, the Coen brothers. I don't really need to see like a 10 episode, you know, masterpiece from you. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. But um, so the first episode is called Susie, Do You Copy? Episode two is The Mall Rats, <laughs> which I hope they get. Uh, Jeremy London, <laughs> Jeremy London, Jason <laughs> London, to uh, to uh, guess. You gotta make sure you get the right one. Yeah, or even Kevin. I would take Kevin Smith for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's episode two. Episode three is the case of the missing lifeguard, which I assume will guest star Encyclopedia Brown. Oh, that'd be awesome! Because that that is the most Encyclopedia Brown title I've ever heard. How uh, how hard do you think Kevin Smith got when you heard the title of the second episode of this? <laughs> yeah, I think he was just I think he was uh rock hard um in his uh, you know, in his bedroom uh holding a uh an Avengers comic 
and just, <laughs> just like he probably has a hey, he probably has a comic out at all times just in case <laughs> finding Nirvana, but um, yeah. So then there's the sauna test, uh, the source, the birthday, the bite, and the battle of Starcourt. So that is the uh, list of episodes for Stranger Things season three. And uh, yeah, so I hope everyone is looking forward to that. I know I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. Although I will say I like the show. The first season I thought was very good. Second season not nearly as good. And if they don't kind of you know if they don't hit it out of the park with this one, I- I'm gonna my interest is gonna seriously begin to wane in this show. I, I thought this was I heard <laughs> I thought I heard this was the last season. Is that not true? Uh, could be. I don't know. Your uh, your intel is is uh, probably more up to date on that than mine. Let's hope so, huh? <laughs> uh, so now, speaking of uh, things that I know that Mike doesn't know, even though we were talking about the opposite of that, we'll get into uh, our popular segment, Educating Mike, where I read uh, a plot summary or a comic book, something like that, to Mike, to kind of broaden his pop culture horizons. Today I've found something uh, that doesn't actually exist, but the idea of it existed. Uh, Way back in uh, 1996, you may remember that uh, Joel Schumacher was in the middle of making his, uh, his Batman movies that he took over for Tim Burton. Uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, which were both uh, horrible <laughs> movies. And uh, this is the, uh, the basically I'm, what I'm going to read you is the plot summary for Batman Unchained. Oh, wait, wait. You know who they should have got for those, uh, those um, Joel Schumacher ones? <laughs> those ones actually would have been pretty good if they were Adam West movies, you know, like that style of Batman. I agree because that's what 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 happened was the reason that uh, they brought Joel Schumacher in and the reason that the tone of those movies are what they are is because Tim Burton made the first Batman film in 1989. It was hugely popular. Everyone loved it. And he got a little more creative freedom on the second one, Batman Returns, which I actually like, but I understand why is largely unpopular with people. Uh, yeah, I think Danny DeVito is great that he's just disturbing. Yep. I, I, I really like the weird take that uh that Tim Burton went with it. But he, you know, he ended up getting more uh creative control and created a very weird, off the wall, disturbing, not for kids uh Batman movie. And the advertisers like McDonald's and some of the other big brands were horrified and did not want to be associated with the project and the you know the, the sale of those toys and those kind of um, media partnerships made a lot of money for Warner Brothers Studio and so they decided to go in a different direction with Joel Schumacher with the edict to him that uh they the the films from here on out needed to be lighter needed to be more fun more kid friendly Oh man, I wish you could have seen some of those McDonald's toys for <laughs> Batman Returns. Right, the the penguin uh, looking like a deformed, uh, you know, like a little person uh, being fed fish. Yeah. <laughs> 
Christopher, Did you ever see the Christopher Walken oh, just ahead. for no reason in, in the movie? He's great in the movie, but like he's just so weird in it. Yeah, I'm not really sure who he's supposed to be or what he does in the movie. I think reflection. his name is Max Shrek, either Shrek or something like that. I think something like that. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't think he's based on a comic book character. I could be wrong about that because. I don't have a huge base of comic book knowledge, but uh, I think he's an original character. But yeah, I don't know what he's doing in that movie either. <laughs> but what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying uh, there's this like great SNL sketch that like basically sums up all these like uh, you know tie-ins like movies for kids toys. Oh yeah, uh, it's back from like the '90s. Uh, it was when they had toys for Philadelphia, the movie. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like they like they all have like their own like special vehicles and stuff, you know. Like <laughs> it just make no sense. Like even like when they made toys for, like the Terminator, they have like vehicles that are in the movie and that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, just like hey, what? And then at one point, the kid who's playing Tom Hanks' character just like punches him and goes, "I have a." Oh my god! Yeah, it's really pretty good. That is hilarious. Oh, that is how that is. I mean, I, that is how it gets too. But uh, Batman Unchained was the planned sequel to Batman and Robin. It was uh, going to be written by um, Mark Protasevich, and Joel Schumacher was coming back to direct. Uh, they Obviously, they canceled it because Batman and Robin uh, did not do well in the theaters and was also completely hated by critics. Um, and, you know, we didn't see Batman again until Batman Begins. But uh, George Clooney would come back as Bruce Wayne. Uh, Chris O'Donnell would be back. Alicia Silverstone would be back. Um, and uh, the movie was going to feature, and there'll be a few other people coming back that I'll get to in a minute. But the movie was going to feature uh, Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. the Scarecrow, as the, the main villain, and Harley Quinn, uh, as another villain. And basically the plot of the movie was that Harley Quinn was going to be the daughter of the Joker as opposed to her girlfriend, or his girlfriend, in this movie. And she was angry at Batman for killing her dad, Jack Nicholson, because all these movies are supposed to take place in the same universe. The Tim Burton Batman uh, movies and the Joel Schumacher Batman movies all take place in the same universe, even though Please. even though Batman changes appearance frequently and demeanor and the entire tone of all of them are, are way off. Right. But uh, yeah, so she she's pissed at him and she teams up with the Scarecrow to create a uh, like some kind of nerve gas or something like that to make Batman think that he's insane and get him thrown into Arkham Asylum. Now here's where it gets kind of great. Uh, they offered the role of Harley Quinn to Courtney Love, uh, you know, um, Kurt Cobain's uh, widow. Murderer. <laughs> we gotta, I mean, widow. We got to save that for the conspiracy theory podcast. But uh, yeah, and uh, for the role of the Scarecrow, they offered it to Nicolas Cage. See, I think Nicolas Cage would make a really good Scarecrow, not because he's crazy in real life, which he is, but he's right. actually a really good actor. Yeah, and 
Uh, Courtney Love, on the other hand, I don't think would be good at all in that role. But I'm sorry, what were you saying about? Well, I was just I was just gonna say about Nicolas Cage, um, especially when he is a really good actor, especially when he plays kind of like off the wall type characters, because he's a very unique actor, or he can be. He also can be cl- just classically good, but um, unfortunately, he just chooses a lot of shit movies to be. <laughs> But um, he's, he's in a lot of houses to maintain, as we've uh, learned from his former financial manager, right? And and Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, skeletons and shit. But yeah, uh, and original copies of comic books, you know, all that stuff. You need to do a bunch of shit movies for. Yeah, that's Johnny Depp. But uh, oh god, but um, yeah, he uh, so you know he uh, he. I think I agree. I think he'd be really good in this role. Courtney Love around this time, I think, was in the People versus Larry Flint. So. I can, yeah, I, I know she had a lot of buzz, you know, because she was in that and, like, you know, got a lot of acclaim, but she was basically playing Courtney Love in that movie. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think that she would have been that good in this role, although physically I can see her in this role. Uh, see, I would disagree. She, like, Harley uh, Quinn in the comics, like, is, like, really chipper looking, like, has, like, a really, like, happy go lucky kind of attitude. And right. Courtney Love looks like she's been through some stuff when you look at her. That's true. I mean, she doesn't look like someone who's, you know, like, oh, you know, like how, how Harley Quinn is in the comics and stuff. That just does not seem like her. And, and again, I don't think she's really a great actor, actress, actor, or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But, um, but yeah, uh, this one was supposed to be darker in tone, I suppose. They were going back to the, the dark tone, uh, as they say. Um, but this would have, this would have included probably the most expensive single scene to ever be filmed because one of the scenes in the movie was going to be Batman hallucinating uh, all of his old villains, putting him on trial. Because the whole theme of the movie was going to be, you know, Batman's demons, Batman's fears and stuff like that, and him exercising them. The end of the movie was going to be him traveling to Bali, I think, to go to a cave with a bunch of bats in it, and they were all going to swirl around him as he just stood there kind of smiling, signifying that he'd gotten over his fears. But it was going to include Batman hallucinating his the, his ex-villains, his rogues gallery, putting him on trial. And it would have brought brought back Jack Nicholson as the Joker, um, Danny DeVito as the Penguin, um, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, uh, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, and uh, Jim, Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Riddler. That's right. Arnold, what about Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, Mr. Freeze? Uh, I'm, that one they didn't. They didn't uh, explicitly name. I would assume he'd probably be in there too, um, but they were all going to like judge him. And, you know, Jack Nicholson I, in 1989 made somewhere in the neighborhood of around $50 million to be in the uh, the Batman movie um, because, you know, they really wanted him badly and they offered him uh, gross on the film, uh, which they they almost never do now. Um, and he made a ton of money from the gross of, uh, of that film. And it's funny too, because Danny DeVito and Jack Nicholson are very, are really good friends. And when the second movie came around and they offered Danny DeVito, the part of the penguin, he, you know, wasn't sure if he wanted to do it or not. And he called Jack Nicholson up and he, and he asked him his advice and Jack Nicholson said, just get the same deal I got, <laughs> which no one could really get. 
Um, although I can't imagine anyone else playing the penguin, um, who was, you know, popular or anything at that, at that period of time. So I, you know, he probably had good negotiation, good negotiation position. Right. But yeah, so they were going to do that, which, you know, they would have had to pay Jack Nicholson. God knows how much to get him back to do the Joker, you know, let alone all those other stars they would have had to pay as well for this one scene. Yeah. Like Jim Carrey was like really big at that, or you know, right after that, he was like super expensive. Yep. And then there, you know, there's a funny joke too, or not a joke. There's a funny story about, um, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey on the set of that movie where, Jim Carrey came into a restaurant and he saw Tommy Lee Jones there and they had been filming for a little while and he kind of, you know, said hi, came over and everything. And as Jim Carrey tells it, he says that uh, Tommy Lee Jones looked pained to see me. Uh, We shook hands. He kind of patted me on the back. He leaned in and he said, uh, I hate you. I really don't like you. I cannot sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> so getting them back together would have taken some money too, I imagine. That's funny because you can totally picture Tommy Lee Jones saying something like that. Oh, yeah. And I can picture him hating Jim Carrey, especially around that era Jim Carrey, you know, he's where a- where he's all huge and big. Because I, I, I know when he was in The Man on the Moon, he like really got into the character. I wonder if he was like, you know, in that movie, he really got into like the Riddler kind of persona, which is being like a jackass constantly. Right. But uh, this movie fell apart, obviously, because, um, you know, one, uh, the, the Batman and Robin did not do well, uh, as I said before. And two, after George Clooney saw Batman and Robin, George Clooney said, I'm, I'm not going to do any more Batman movies. George Clooney dropped out and uh, and said that he wasn't that he wasn't going to do it. And quite famously, he has said that if anyone stops him on the street and mentions Batman and Robin, he just pulls out his wallet and gives them money. He just said, he just <laughs> nice. says, "How much did you pay for your ticket?" And if it was like ten dollars or whatever, he just gives them ten dollars and apologizes, <laughs> as he should. Oh. So, I don't think he was a bad Batman. I mean, Val Kilmer was really an odd choice because he doesn't look anything like Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I think George Clooney was a good Bruce Wayne. I don't think he was a great Batman, necessarily. But like you said, if you put Adam West in those two movies and do it in that style, or someone like Adam West, you know, kind of a younger... No, I mean, if those were like for the original like series, and like they were like, you know, like the mid... Uh, 70s, late 60s. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, those would be like the biggest movies ever. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But uh, but yeah, that that would have matched the tone so much better. But uh, yeah, that's educating Mike for the week. Uh, before we move on, uh, there's um, before we move on to our year end review show, there was one other thing that I wanted to bring up, and I cannot remember what it is off the top of my head. Uh, so, uh, speaking of uh, going off on a tangent, sure. Um, you know what I would have loved to see, even if it was just like a standalone movie and no connection to others. I would have loved to see a Christopher Nolan Riddler movie. That would have been awesome. Christopher Nolan, what? You know how he did the uh, the Batman movies? Yeah. I mean, if he had done like one, but the main villain was the Riddler, that'd be oh, awesome. Oh, Riddler is what you said. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think. Um... I think that could work. I mean, obviously, the Nolan movies were much more grounded in reality. 
uh, than a lot of the comic book movies. And the Riddler's sort of a, you know, more bombastic sort of comic booky type villain. But I could I could see that. I think that he could have done that. Yeah, I mean, in Batman, uh, the animated series, he wasn't, like, super campy. I mean, if it was, like, that kind of style, I thought it would be pretty good. That's true. Batman, the animated series, was one of my favorites. That was one of those comic book things that I actually got into. Like, I never really read comics, but I watched Batman, the animated series, and I watched the X-Men animated series, too. An earworm for sure, yeah. but yeah, the Batman the animated series is probably one of the best, like you know, adaptations of Batman. Period. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I think that's I think that's as close as you get to the. He's actually a detective in that uh, in that yeah. series. And uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker is like wow, he's like the best the best Joker of any version I've seen. I mean, obviously he's animated, but I, I, whenever I think of the Joker, I just think of Mark Hamill as the Joker, not that piece of shit Luke Luke Skywalker in those <laughs> god awful Star Wars movies. <laughs> I can't wait till the new Star Wars comes out <laughs> so that we may have to talk about it. Uh, but yes, I agree. He is the best uh, Joker for sure. He's, he, he nails it. He nails, you know, in, in a voice performance only, basically. He um, he nails every lilt, every mannerism. It's it's divine. But uh, it's uh, now it's uh, it's time for an ad. It's ad. It's an ad time. <laughs> oh, Mike. That's how you set that up, right? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, today we are sponsored by Collector Mount. And their website's actually comicmount.com. But they're, uh, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> what sadist got collectormount.com. <laughs> Buffalo Bill, I think. But uh, but uh, comicmount.com is your home for Collector Mount. Um, so this episode is, is sponsored by Collector Mount, uh, who is now introducing the new DVD movie Blu-ray mount. With the Collector Mount products, you can mount it all. You can now display movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, magazines, trading cards, albums, comic books, CDs, books, and video games. There are five different mounting options to choose from. The DVD movie Blu-ray mount is a clear, adjustable frame system. You can get these movies up on your wall or onto any flat surface as it can be used as either a wall mount, which is adjustable, or a shelf stand. It's the perfect display option and also pops your collectible off the walls, driving or yeah, driving a cool 3D effect in the design. It's invisible, it's easy to install, it's adjustable, and it's affordable at just $4.99. You have to check these out. Collector Mount is offering our listeners, yours and mine, a 25% off coupon. 25% off already the low price of under $5. Uh, on all their products, the coupon code is late fee twenty five, and uh, this code is you can use this code by going to collectormount.com. The coupon will be available for the next three weeks, so hurry up and check out these products. Again, go to www.collector or yeah collectormount.com and use coupon code late fee twenty five. Well, I'm surprised these are only four ninety nine. I'm looking at them and they're like they're really impressive. Have you? Uh, I haven't gone to the website yet, but just the examples they have are really really nice. I th- I thought it would be way more than. That. 
Yeah, me too. And uh, you know, these uh these products are, are are fantastic and they're great for like um they're great for a um a man cave or if you have like uh you know, like a game room or something like that and she shed. Yeah, exactly, a she shed. Um well, your fucking steel magnolias movies in there or something. <laughs> But yeah, they are they are awesome, um, and they look fantastic. You have to see the pictures of uh, of these things. But um, yeah, they look absolutely great, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I, like they're a great gift for anybody. So if you uh, and the other thing is, you know, now that everything is digital, all the the great artwork from old albums, old DVD covers, and and things like that. They have one I know that uh, that fits Laserdisc too. Um, so you know those things are now just like sitting around, but that artwork is still fantastic and, and great to look at. And you know these. Yeah, it's things... one of the tragedies of uh, digital stuff is like the the art of a lyric book is gone. Yeah, absolutely. The liner notes for CDs or records or even cassettes. And this is a great way to display that stuff. And it just really, it sets, you know, a room apart. So uh, definitely check that out at uh, collectormount.com and enter the uh, the c- coupon code LATEFEE25 to get 25% off. You will not regret it. Do uh, do you collect anything, Mark? Not really. You know, I, I don't... Uh, I used to collect Stephen King books uh, for one, and um, I used to collect um, coins like for maybe about six months or so when I was twelve. But I'm not a real big collector of things. Yeah, um, our my family we kind of collect these. <laughs> Have you seen those pop figures? The like the, like fun- the vinyl figures, the Funko figures, or something. Yeah, yeah, we 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 like those. So you know, when we find something we really like, like we have you know some Futurama ones and that kind of stuff. That's cool. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of, but yeah, I don't think I don't know if those are going there. But it's it's really neat. I'm 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 not just you know saying for the ad's sake. You can put comics in there, like you can see your beloved Van Halen uh, album is on there too. I know, I know, I love it. And someone even has like their number from like a marathon. That'd be kind of like a cool like kind of like montage. You know, if you did a lot of racing, as you and I both do a lot of. Exactly. Yeah, we we're the two best racers in the world. Two best on the whole podcast. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we have a good. Uh, 40 time that's that's what they say right uh i don't i guess (laughs) if we're going to the nfl combine which we are yeah that's right uh mike and i will still do the podcast but we will also probably be in the nfl next year and i'm also declaring myself eligible for the nba draft right now i'm not represented by an agent agents you know where to find us that's right any agents out there that uh that want to sign mike who is probably going to be at least i don't know like a top five draft pick at least um i would uh, get on the phone right now hey i even, I even believe we land on the moon on like some uh, professional <laughs> basketball players yeah i had a little i had a little fun with that where uh steph curry doesn't believe that we landed on the moon uh i don't know why people believe this stuff i know there's a lot of conspiracy stuff out there that seems to poke holes i'll tell you what if um if stanley kubrick did fake it and um and uh you know because that's the one they always say if they hired stanley kubrick to to fake it there's no way that he would have let uh, neil armstrong's uh flub stay stay in the movie 
where, where he says, <laughs> nice. where he says, one uh, one giant leap for man, or one uh, small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. He would have stopped that and said, "No, do it again. It's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Man and mankind <laughs> is the same thing." Yeah, actually, I, I guess that actually he actually did say that. People thought he like flubbed it, and they have like, but it was just like really distorted for some reason. Yeah, probably because you know it's like thousands of thousands of miles. Yeah, because probably because he was on the moon. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my god, that's just I don't know. When people talk about that or like a flat Earth, it just angers me. I don't even want to bother oh, discussing it because it just I feel it makes me stupid or just entertaining the thought that this, this kind of stuff happened. I, I you know people argue about enough nowadays. It seems like people just argue all the time, which is exhausting. But when they start arguing about things that are provable facts, you know, not stuff that you can actually have an opinion on. It's just like, yes, the earth is round. We've known that for a while. (laughs) We have evidence of that. We have pictures of that. And old Johnny Red would have said something if we'd faked it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's funny. If we faked the moon landing, why didn't uh, Russia ever call us out on it? Yeah, and I think we have reflectors up there that they place as well. Yeah. We can, like, shine, like, a laser. You know, I don't know if it's for distance or just because they thought some jack-offs would, uh, years later, doubt that they did that. Yeah, I think they, I'm not sure exactly, I think they wanted to see maybe how long it took uh, for light to to travel between the two or whatever. But, um, yeah, anyone that, I mean, obviously you have to have, you know, a a certain equipment to do it, but any layman uh, or, you know, professor or whatever kind of, you know, scientist out there with the equipment can do it. And people have um, where they, you know, you shoot a moon or you shoot uh, a laser at the moon and you, you know, you record with your instruments that it reflects back and it's the right amount of time and everything. So, so yeah, that's, uh, we're not really a conspiracy theory podcast, but that's our, our take on, on that. (laughs) The Hollywood Hangman lives. So um, now we will uh, we'll get into our movies uh, that came out this year. Our our end of the year rundown. Lots of movies came out this year. Lots of movies I, I saw. Few movies you saw. Uh, I guess the best way to do this is probably to start at the beginning of the year. Um, and one of the first ones that came out that I saw. Uh, I remember it came out around the Super Bowl in January, was the Cloverfield Paradox, which attempts to sort of tie in the uh, Cloverfield, the original Cloverfield movie, and uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of these three movies, Mike. Yeah, I actually think I saw most of the Cloverfield Paradox, um, but I saw all of 10 Cloverfield Lane. I really liked that one. I thought that was a really good like a super long Twilight Zone episode. And that's like some of my highest praise I can give anything is compared to the Twilight Zone. Yeah, the 10 Cloverfield Lane I think is the best of the three movies. Uh, I saw the original Cloverfield as well. I thought it was, it's okay. It's, it's it's basically, it's a big monster movie though. And I'm not, you know, a huge, a huge fan of those. But um, yeah, uh, so 10 Cloverfield Lane is fantastic. John Goodman is absolutely great, but it's one of those cases where I think that um, it was a different, uh, it was a different movie. Basically, it was it wasn't necessarily. Yeah, that's what I heard too. They just kind of like, oh, like, oh, hey, I have money and uh, you need funding, so yeah, Cloverfield. Yeah, because it it was almost like a secret movie. Like all of a sudden it came out, and it was like, oh, this is another Cloverfield movie. Um, but I'm I'm kind of glad 
that they did that in a way because I don't know how many people would have seen the movie besides that. And it's a really good movie uh, featuring some great performances. Uh, Elizabeth Mary Winstead is um, is great in the movie. John Goodman's great in the movie. Um, or Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I like that movie a lot. The Cloverfield Paradox I was not as fond of. And they... Yeah, I'm pretty sure I gave up on it at a certain point. They really go a long way to try to tie all these movies together with um, parallel uh, Earths and uh, parallel dimensions and stuff like that. It's uh, it's a mess. Uh, you just imagine someone taking kind of every cliche that you could think of in science fiction, throwing it on the floor, sifting through it, and then saying, oh, and also all the parallel stuff too. Uh, so multiply, <laughs> so multiply all this shit by infinity, and this is what we're trying to talk about in the movie. It's I, I don't love it. Um, it's probably my least favorite of these. I think there's a reason why it came straight to Netflix. I know it was popular for the time, but I but I it, it was not well received. Wasn't that critically. like not, Wasn't that also like not promoted and like suddenly it's like oh wait the, there's a there's a Cloverfield movie. on yeah, I think it was maybe like a week before the Super Bowl. They're like, "Oh, by the way, after the Super Bowl, this is premiering," and they, yeah, uh, yeah, and they like, yeah, they really. It was one of those. It seems like every Cloverfield movie just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about, but but yeah, whatever. obviously featuring Slusho and some of the you know the J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams staples of this universe. Everyone tries to do the same thing that Marvel did, or or everyone wants that kind of cinematic universe because of the, of the success that Marvel has had with, um, with those movies, but no one wants to put in the work. No, no one, um, no one seems to stop and say, Oh yeah, they did take 10 years to build this. <laughs> they did start yeah. slow and small and, you know, kind of built out before they brought everything together. Everyone wants everything to be together immediately. And that's why none of these other ones work. Whenever I look at, like, I see previews, and I think I saw some of the Justice League. It was, like, on HBO or something. Mm-hmm. Some of those movies are just entirely CGI. Like, that's all I see in the movies. I see, oh, look, here's a giant alien, and here's some robots flying at us. It just looks like there's no story or character whatsoever. Right. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't get it at all. But, um, yeah, it's, I'm telling you, they uh, they have failed big time. But uh, the next movie that I have on my list, I actually saw this as well, unfortunately, because I had to review this for uh, Michigan Sports and Entertainment, Fifty Shades Freed. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you have not seen this one, Mike. No, I haven't seen any of those movies. Uh, This is the only one I have saw because I had to see it because I had to review it. It's, For everyone out there, I just want to let you in on a secret. There's this thing called pornography now. It's great. <laughs> you don't have to watch this 50 grades of, uh, you know, whatever, teasing, or I don't understand what it is. It's, uh, it's horrendous. I, I, you know, I don't think many of our listeners um, will, um, will be fans necessarily of these movies, but it is... It's terrible. It's one of the worst things that I've ever seen. Uh, another 
another bad part about it is that you know like first of all it's supposed to be empowering to women it's not in in any way he's supposed to be super kinky and all their sex is basically missionary style plain plain jane stuff (laughs) um you know they don't do anything freaky at all i don't know if the books are different although from what i've heard uh el james you know had pretty much total control over this and i guess it's supposed to be a pretty faithful adaptation it has a weird stupid subplot where there's um you know first of all there's like someone stalking her there's some kind of weird danger uh he doesn't want a baby and she does they didn't discuss this at all before they got married um just all of the it's it's all ridiculous it's all dumb it was a terrible film and you know if you want to make hated 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 this movie Mm -hmm. if you want to make a sexy film empowering women shoot the uh, sex scenes from the woman's point of view I I know that female bodies are are more attractive to look at but you know at least give the women some uh, you know like semblance of being in in her shoes it was terrible I hated it it was awful I don't know that women want to see that. I don't think women are uh, very visual when it comes to that sort of thing. Well, and that's, you know, that's part of the problem with with taking this from a book to a movie because, you know, in a in, when you're reading a book it's all about your imagination. I can see why some women would would like that. Obviously, um these kind of books have been popular, not to necessarily to this degree, but have been popular for a long, long time. Um so I I can I get it. But um, but when you translate it to the screen, I think it loses a lot of that. And oh yeah, for sure. I mean that sort of. I mean it's again, it's not every single woman, but men seem to be more visual when it comes to that sort of thing. So a movie naturally is more you know intriguing to a man than a woman as far as that sort of thing goes. Right. Um. But uh, yeah. So anyway, the next film after this is Black Panther, which I also saw, and I'm sure you didn't. I did not see this movie. Uh, I think the guy who rips off the uh, Wu-Tang thing, which I'm not too happy about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, He does. But uh, anyways. I I did hear a funny joke about the movie, though. Okay. I'm going to mess it up, though. Okay, there's, there's two actors from The Hobbit in this movie, correct? Yes, there are, right. Oh, I know what I know what joke you're going with. Go ahead. Okay, well you can tell it because I've already ruined it on my end. Okay, so somebody uh somebody said that um uh gosh, this is why you can't because I can't remember their names either. Andy Circus, um, I think, is one yeah, of them. Andy Circus and Is it uh, Martin Freeman? Yes, that's right. Andy Circus and Martin Freeman are are in uh Black Panther. They're the Tolkien white guys. That was a pretty bad joke. Yeah, I we have to get a, a crickets. Uh, Better you than me. That. But yeah, that's uh, is that, that joke that still under construction? <laughs> but I liked Black Panther, although I will say that when it came out, um, people were talking about it as if it was like the greatest movie they'd ever seen. Totally. Like it was Schindler's List or something. Yeah, it's not. It's not even the best in the MCU. It's a very good movie. 
And I understand why a a percentage of the population, notably African-American people, think of it as a sort of game-changing movie. In that aspect, it is, because, you know, it's a movie populated almost entirely with African-American characters um, that made over a billion dollars. And that you know, that doesn't really happen. Like people will bring up blade as far as like black superheroes. And it's like, yeah, but you know, blade was, I think almost the only black guy in that movie. And that movie certainly didn't make over a billion dollars. Yeah. What's kind of interesting. Um, and this was obviously a different time, but, uh, Wesley Snipes had wanted to play that character for the longest time. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Because there's such a few, I mean, there's not really a lot of great, like African American superheroes. I mean, Green Lantern is, you know, and Green Lantern's like one of the most powerful heroes heroes of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, fa- I think Falcon. Yep. Uh, from the, you know, the Iron Man guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's really not a uh, Storm, of course. Who could forget Storm? Right. Yeah. What? Ha- what? That's uh, who. Well, you know what? Uh, a frog. You know what happens to a frog when it's struck by lightning? The same thing as everything else. What a fucking <laughs> terrible line. Someone wrote that line. It went through editing. It went through it went through so many checks and 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 Holly Berry didn't say I'm not delivering this line. That you it know, had to go through so much to get into the film. She was not a good choice to play Storm at all. You know no. who would have been a great Storm? Who? Chong? Uh and I was going to say Chong, but I, uh, I I pulled him back. <laughs> no, uh, Angela Bass. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Because, I mean, she's obviously taller. She has, like, a really strong, like, physical presence because Storm, in the comics at least, is worshipped as a god before she uh, joins the X-Men for some reason. Yeah, she's one, well, she's one of the most powerful ones, too. Yeah, she's one of the leaders of the X-Men, much better than that lame-o uh, Cyclops. Yep. But yeah, Angela Bassett, like especially in the movie Strange Days, she's like just like just almost like a looming presence. She would have been great for Storm. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Uh, I, I want to interrupt real quick because I want to get back to. I was sort of freaking out over here, <laughs> here okay. with our sponsor, um, because you know everything that I've put up on our social media, and we mentioned ComicMount.com, and I was afraid that we were starting. to that we were uh, basically promoting a, a different website. But apparently, <laughs> apparently, comicbound.com and collectormount.com are the same thing. And uh, Buffalo Bill does not, does not have it. Because, because when, you put, when you put in collectormount.com into your browser, it just becomes comicmount.com. So they're, they are one and the same thing. So collectormount.com, comicmount.com, you know, either way you go, it's uh, it's going to get you to where you need to be. And just to clarify, our sponsor is not a serial murderer. No, no, not at all. <laughs> we would never, uh, we would never disperse, dis, dis, besmirch the name. That's easy for me <laughs> to say. We would never besmirch the name of our uh, our wonderful sponsor by uh, implicating them in a. Uh, Series Horrific, of, really. Series of grisly murders that occurred uh, in Oregon and Seattle between the years 1999 and 2005. <laughs> the only thing this guy's slashing is prices. <laughs> That's right. Oh, okay. So Black Panther. I, I think I've I think I've said everything I need to say about it. It was it was good. I liked it. Um, 
enjoyable movie, not the best in the MCU. Definitely an important movie. I hope that um, that uh, Hollywood takes a page from this and says, you know, that uh, that comic book movies are so powerful that it doesn't matter what race the people are. Is they'll that the message they'll you still want? make billions of dollars. That's the message they're going to take from it. But uh, obvi- obviously, African Americans like seeing themselves represented in comic book movies. And you know, they and you know, I, I don't know what the percentages are as far as between white and black uh, for comic book fans. But obviously, there are a ton of African American comic f- comic book, comic book fans out there, and they like seeing themselves represented as anyone would. Um, so, you know, I hope we get a little more, uh, kind of, and the thing I like about Black Panther is it's a different kind of story. I think that's another reason why it's popular. It's not, it's not as cookie cutter as a lot of them, but I think that it had the chance to be really, really good if they had done a few different things. I wrote a review of it, uh, that you can see on michigansportsandentertainment.com. Um, where I kind of go into more detail uh, about what I think they could have done a little differently to elevate it kind of like the Dark Knight and Logan into a strata of this is not just a good comic book movie. This is a good movie, period. Oh, uh, just real quick. Um, I, I'm a bigger comic book fan than you are, obviously. Yeah. Um. So like back in the 90s, uh, maybe early 2000s, I think it was the 90s, though, they had a pretty interesting uh, concept. They had like Marvel, uh, you know, writers reimagine DC characters. Okay. And I think Stan Lee actually did this one. He It was like as if Stan Lee had invented Batman rather than, you know, uh, whoever. Um, I, I don't remember the name. Sorry. Oh, it was. Uh, it, okay. So I, there's an interesting story about this. It was Bob Kane. Bob Kane. Bob Kane's yeah, I, always been credited with it, but apparently Bob Kane was like, "Oh, we should have a uh, like a kind of vigilante superhero." And Bill Finger came up with uh, the backstory, the fact that his parents were killed, that he dressed like a bat, <laughs> and like all this other stuff. And for years, didn't get the credit um, for it. It just went to Bob Kane. So Bob Kane and Bill Finger, basically. Okay, well, anyways, in this one, um, Batman was a, a wrestler. Like he was like a pro wrestler who wore like a mask the whole time. That's interesting. And he was actually an, he was actually African American. So I mean, like pretty much, I, I can't. I mean, I know people will say Superman's like the biggest character, but honestly, Batman is like the biggest superhero character out of all of them. I mean, that would have been a pretty interesting take, you know. Although I don't think most people would have got it, you know, because it's clearly like a reference to a very specific, limited, like fantastic type of comic concept. Uh huh. But I mean, that's just kind of an interesting. The, the take on it was really interesting. I liked it. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to read that one. Actually, I I'm thinking about. I listen to a lot of uh, YouTube channels and podcasts that have to do with comic book book comic book stuff. Even though I'm not a big comic book fan, I don't know what the stories behind them fascinate me a lot, and I think that's what draws yeah. me to them. Um, and yeah, I, Kevin Smith does one called uh, Fat Man on Batman, and then mm-hmm. I'm not super familiar with the character. I, obviously, not to the degree he is. Like, it's really interesting. They talk about the character, like people who've played him. You know, and it's it's. In I think his friend Walt Flanagan actually wrote a couple comics for Batman. Uh-huh. And he's uh, it's it's a really interesting like you know just to listen to about that specific character. Okay, yeah, and I will definitely check that out. Um, and, you know, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, as as you know, and, and listeners of the show know. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, those stories, the stories behind all that stuff really fascinates me, like I said. And I've been thinking about maybe um, kind of getting into 
comic books a little bit more. Uh, and I, I would definitely be interested in, in uh, checking out that Stanley, uh, that Stanley take on Batman. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was. I mean, if you're familiar with the different uh, brands, you know, DC and Marvel, it was definitely much more Marvel esque because Marvel's like more like rooted in like the streets, whereas like uh, DC will have like characters that are aliens or like the entire comics are in outer space fighting like extra dimensional threats and that sort of. Yeah, where do you where do you fall in uh, like DC Marvel? Do you like DC more or Marvel more? See, I, I stopped reading comics a long time ago, but I was always a Marvel fan. I never really read much DC. Okay. Um, but I think, but later, uh, years later, when I was, you know, long out of comics, like a lot of people I know would talk about comics and they always talk about DC and like their characters are like very intricate. They're almost like science fiction-esque in the way, you know, they're like aliens, like the Green Lantern alone is like just fascinating. Some Somebody mm-hmm. I used to work with just told me about that. And Batman, like, see, the problem is it's such a long run that, I mean, it's like, oh, he almost, when he almost dies, it, it's not a big deal. Or like, oh, he, he, you know, he's having a midlife crisis. That's not a big deal, you know? Right. But Batman, like, some of the runs on Batman are some of the best runs on comics you'll see. I mean, there's like, Alan Moore was a writer for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think Grant Morrison as well. And yep. uh, Neil, I don't think Neil Gaiman did. But yeah, there's a lot of like, you know, prominent writers for that and like artists and like, it's just like, like the killing joke is like, you could just get the graphic novel of that. It's one story, you know, from beginning to end and it's, you know, iconic. It's referenced sometimes in Batman. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I think DC is probably like the more mature sort of a comic, if that makes sense. Okay. But I think that might be part of their problem when they come to making the movies because I think people in general are bigger fans of Marvel. I think it's more popular because, mm-hmm. you know, the X-Men, Spider-Man, uh, the Avengers, there's a lot of really cool characters there. Right. I think you probably could have, like, almost like a more adult movie if you did the uh, the DC comics correct. Like, if you – I mean, I don't know that they'll ever do another uh, Green Lantern movie again. But yeah. if they did it, like, you know, in the style of, like, the actual character and, like, you know – like maybe you took like a slow pace, like a three movie arc. You could probably really tell a really good story about the Green Lantern. See, and I'll probably piss off a section of our our listeners when I say this, but I think the biggest problem with the DC universe is that they allowed Zack Snyder to control it, and I don't think that Zack Snyder understands. I mean, I don't either. Um, but you know, so I'm not trying to sound superior or anything. But I don't think that Zack Snyder understands uh, the characters or understands the universe. Yeah. I think Zack Snyder in general just strips away anything but exciting visuals. Like that was my big problem with the Watchmen movie. It was it looked amazing. Like yep. the opening uh, scene where they're playing the times are changing that montage. Oh my god, that's like ripped right out of the comics. It's Absolutely. like a, the perfect song, the camera angles, you know, the slowing down. It's just it, I, I watch that by itself sometimes. It's just such an amazing part. The rest of the movie though just glossed over the substance. So this is a very substantial comic. It's philosophical, you know mm-hmm. and references literature it's like you know it's a masterpiece it's a, it's a masterpiece amongst comics and it's yeah. just like eh, let's just have a bunch of cool fights and stuff right yeah and that this is one of the few comics i have read is the watchman and like when we talked about the watchman before like i said i think there's a a big divide amongst people who have read the comic don't like the movie and people who haven't read the comic like the movie yeah, there are two completely different stories that the exact same things happen with the same characters and it looks exactly the same, which is ridiculous, but mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yep. Just chewing on some ice here. Um, so the next few movies, uh, I don't have a ton to say about, but uh, Game Night uh, was a, a comedy with um, Jason Bateman which was uh, kind of a surprise because I expected... I like Jason Bateman a lot. I like Arrested Development a lot. Uh, but a lot of the movies that he, he he happens to be in 
is not that good. Although I hear Ozark, uh, the show that he's on, is very good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I saw the first couple episodes. It's, it's I, I really need to go back and watch it. Probably watch it with my wife because we're looking for a new show to watch. Okay. Um, I really like. I, I liked him in Extract. Did you see that? Yes, I like that movie a lot too. It's like a like a, a typical Mike Judge movie where it's not like you necessarily laugh out loud like hilarious, but it's a really really good movie and it's definitely funny at first. And that's the thing. Like a lot of the movies he's in that I don't like are not really his fault because. Um, you know, when he's paired with a good writer, with a good comedic writer or a good team, like on Arrested Development, like an extract, like surprisingly in the movie Game Night, because the movie Game Night is a surprisingly really funny movie, um, or surprised me anyway. Um, but when he's paired with someone like that, like with pretty much every actor, then it's successful. There are not very many actors. Sandy Duncan. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. When he's paired with Sa- with Sa- Sandra Duncan, uh, you know, thing. Josephine uh, Bateman. <laughs> what about Justine Bateman? Justine Bateman, yeah, that's his sister. Oh, she was on Family Ties, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. She, um, They both, and I don't know if they got caught drunk driving or something like that. This is speculation. I'm not saying this ever happened. But um, I don't know why they agreed to do this, if it was some kind of community service thing that they had to do. But they did a video together with Ted Danson called... Um, what is it called? Oh, damn it. Um, it's about relationships and uh, like about having sex and stuff like that. What? Yeah. It, <laughs> it's it's like an instructional video, like an instructional DVD. What? Of Brother like, and sister instructing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not like not like here's how to have sex, but it's like, um, you know, how to deal with guys wanting to have sex with you and like you know things to say and stuff like that um okay. how, does, how does ted danson factor it ted danson's basically like you have to see this at some point i think it's on youtube um uh but uh they um <laughs> they like he's basically saying um like uh you know like he's the narrator Ted Danson's basically the narrator what? of it. And they keep cutting back to uh, Justine and Jason Bateman. And, um, and they uh, they are, like, kind of giving advice, too. And, and there's a bunch of really, um, like, there's a bunch of real kids in there that are saying, uh, like... Um, you know, oh, you know, when he says like, oh, I, you know, I love you and, and stuff like that and uh, everything. And, and yeah, so they're like basically trying to give advice. There's a musical number in it. It's, oh, no. it's crazy. It is I crazy. have to watch this. Yeah. I'm trying to find the, um, the, uh, name of the video right now. It's like, it's all right. We, we gotta, we gotta go on Mark. It's only February. How can I tell if I'm really in love? Oh, That's what no. it's called. It's from 1992. Wow. Uh, I guess. Well, one thing says 1992. One thing says ni- 1986. IMDb says 1992. Okay. So how how can I tell if I'm really in love with Justine and Jason Bateman and uh, Ted Danson? And like I said, I don't know if they went out to a party and they all decided to get into a car and drive. <laughs> And drive, and they got pulled over, and their sentence was, "You have to be in this movie." 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, you can find it. I think it's like an hour long, but you can find. Oh, that's too long. Remember, remember the days of VHSs where like um, people just came up with these ideas of like, hey, let's um, you know we can we can do this as an instructional video, or we can do that as an instructional video, and sell it for ten bucks, and 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 you know sell like five thousand copies or something like that, and just like really bad production quality and um, we'll make it in a day and we can, uh, you know, make some quick money. They used to do that all the time in like the late eighties and early nineties. Yeah. Now that's called YouTube. Exactly. Exactly. That's, and pe- like people say that all the time. It's like, Oh, you know, when I was your age, I didn't have YouTube and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, it's not exactly the same, but we had these tapes and they were everywhere. Yeah. And you can like find them for free sometimes. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, what, but, uh, what kills me about YouTube is someone will do something terrible and like put it out there and then be upset when people criticize it. Yeah. Like, especially with like guitar videos, like, oh, here's me playing, uh, you know, Crazy Train. It's like the worst rendition you've ever heard. <laughs> and then if you like comment on it, they're like, oh, I'm just learning. It's like, well, why put that out there? Yeah. If you if it's not your best work, don't put it out. That's the problem with no gatekeepers. Um, you know, and I look, I I'm in we're independent creators, too. Uh, we are not part of. In case you couldn't tell by the complete lack of professionalism in our podcast, no script here, people. Our podcast, we're not part of a corporation or anything like that. We're independent creators. Um, as our as is our amazing sponsor, uh, CollectorMount.com. Um, but uh, you know, like uh, so, I, you know, and I, I, <laughs> I don't think you can redeem yourself on that one. <laughs> I write, I write, uh, you know, books that are on Amazon. Uh, you know, for purchase and stuff like that, as I've mentioned once or twice before. Um, so, you know, we, we're independent creators as well. I don't hate the creative or the independent creator movement at all because we're a big part of it. But um, there is something to be said for gatekeepers because you can go to a lot of independently published books on Amazon, pick one up and and start to read it and uh, and say, okay, this person really should have gone through probably a few different drafts and maybe even just scrapped this one as a learning experience and wrote another book. Um, because, uh, you know, like people will just write something and if they get it finished, you know, they put it out there and they have almost no input on it. Their friends and family read it and they're like, oh, you're so great because they're friends and family. But you really need, you know, like with the independent, with independently creating things, you need outside gatekeepers. You need people that are not, you know, like your loved ones um, who will brutally tell you an honest assessment of whether something's good or not, because we all, we all need that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, it's for better or worse, you know, like years ago, like people who aren't necessarily uh, good looking wouldn't be successful and know where they should have been in some, you know, fields like music or acting that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's probably better than worse. You get a at least some sort of quality, but then again, if you look at sitcoms, you're like, well, maybe you don't. Right. Yeah. Oh man. I'll to check out this game movie. I mean, if you say it's funny, it's probably funny. I have a similar sense of humor. Yeah. It's not, I wouldn't call it like, um, you know, it's not hilarious. It's like, don't go in expecting it to be super funny. But it, it's it's funny. It's an amusing movie. I, I liked it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of comedies I don't like. You know, both both you and I, like you said, we kind of have similar tastes in comedies, and there's a lot of comedies that just fall really flat for me. But but the, this one surprised me. It was amusing. 
Uh, what do you have next in your list? Uh, a Wrinkle in Time, which I saw. Uh, um, before terrible. that, I'd, <laughs> I'd just like to mention a movie that I see. I see it's on the list that came out in March, but I did not see it. Okay. Uh, Death, the Death Wish remake with Bruce Willis. Yeah, okay. I did not see that one, but I, yeah, but I, saw, I know it was there. Yeah, I just don't understand. That's another example of why I call it Death Wish. I mean, there's so many vengeance-type movies. There's yeah. no sense in tying it to a character that most people don't even know these days. I mean, me, I'm obviously a great American. I'm well uh, familiar with Paul Kersey and his antics in the city of New York. Uh-huh. I mean, I've seen, I think I've seen every Death Wish movie, and uh, I like them. Yeah, that... But fun- not this one, because why? Why? I think it's um that first one that first one gets a little racist. At times. Yeah, the first one's a brutal movie. Like that's I, oh, that one or the second the second one. You know, I think the second one actually. There's like a rape scene with Jeff Goldblum yeah. at the beginning of the movie. It's just a yep. very dark. Yeah, it is. But but it is still I I like them too. Um, except for you know certain parts of them because it it you know certain parts haven't aged super well. But uh, no, like, like when he shoots a guy in the back for stealing a purse. Yeah, but um, but yeah, the Bruce Willis one I, I heard bad things about. I, I, I it doesn't surprise me because it's a reboot. It's Bruce Willis. He doesn't care about things anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, other than the upcoming um, movie um, Glass that I think we both want to see in uh, January, I, oh, yeah. I don't really see myself seeing any uh, Bruce Willis movies. Like you know, not on purpose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we saw that. Um, I forgot to mention that news that we saw. Um, the breaking uh, news. The uh, the trailer for Glass, and yeah, I'm really excited. Unbreakable is my favorite of M Night Shyamalan's movies. I think it's the probably even technically the best one, uh, as from a technical aspect that he that he's directed. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see this movie too. You had a theory about this movie. That really frightens me because of how absolutely plausible I think it is. Do you want to, do you want yeah. to tell him? Uh, yeah, it's just a weird, like, uh, there's a, the scene in the uh, new trailer where they're all sitting in a room in the asylum at the same time. And as you also pointed out, that we, we don't have any reason to expect that uh, Bruce Willis's character, David, I don't remember the last name. Done. Yeah, we don't even know why you'd be in an asylum. So my, I just speculated, like, hey, this is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Maybe they're all different aspects of the same personality. Yeah, that uh, that they're just all part of his split personality, too. And you said that, and I was like, oh, oh, God, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't want it to be true because I don't like it. But, yeah, the, the man, it's so plausible. plausible. <laughs> yeah. It's like I can almost not see it's it's like one of those uh those magic uh, eye pictures where once you see it you can't unsee it. I um I almost can't I almost I almost can't think of any other way he could do the movie now besides that. <laughs> You'll be white knuckled at the uh, last uh, part. Yeah, no shit cuz it's going to come to a part where where it's David Dunn and he looks into a mirror and it's James McAvoy like it's fucking <laughs> Quantum Leap or something. And then, uh, and then glass puts his hand on his shoulder, and he looks back, and no one's there. Yeah, and then he breaks the glass, and then it just says glass, and then, like you said... And then you see M.A. Shyamalan in the reflection. Yeah, and then M.A. Shyamalan just comes out with a big smile on his face. What a twist! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, I hate how he puts himself in all his movies. Like, that's... Uh... 
Oh, I know. It's a, like it's like a Hitchcock thing, but because he loves Hitchcock. But you know, it's funny because um, uh, you know Hitchcock would do that in his movies, but like Hitchcock didn't give himself any lines. You know, what I mean, like very rarely was he any kind of integral figure in any way in the movie. He usually was just standing in the background somewhere, and it was more just like yeah. an Easter egg type thing, like like a Where's Waldo spot uh, yep. spot the large British man. <laughs> Yeah, eventually he started putting himself at the beginning of the movies because people would like you know be distracted looking for him for yep. most of the movie. Yeah. Oh. And uh, M Night Shyamalan is no Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, and in Signs he gives himself the uh, the crucial piece of dialogue of saying, "I don't think they like water." And I remember <laughs> I remember saying to you when we saw that movie, I remember saying, "You know, when the writer and director of the movie says that he has a theory about the aliens, <laughs> I probably believe it." And I like how like he really undersells that. I don't think they like water; it melts them when it touches their skin. <laughs> yeah, I could be wrong here. I mean, I know I killed your wife, so I owe you something. <laughs> they might not like water. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! Like saying, you know, I don't think uh, human beings uh, like cyanide that much, <laughs> right? Well, you're not sure. I don't know. And obviously, it's been mentioned time and time again, but the Earth is two thirds water. <laughs> Why did they come here? <laughs> it makes no sense. I heard a, a theory recently. I don't know why I was even bothered reading, reading it, but someone su- speculated that the aliens are actually demons. Interesting. Yeah, I guess. Not that interesting, but just kind of a different take on it, I guess. I guess it goes along sorry, you with said the you, uh, religious thing. I guess. I'm sorry, you said you saw A Wrinkle in Time? Yeah, it's terrible. That's all we really need to say about it. It's it's bad. I like the books a lot. Yeah, I never read the book. Um, the movie it's is really good. Movie's garbage. The movie's a bunch was of Oprah CGI garbage. Oprah was Oprah was Oprah in it. Um, you know, like yeah. I like Oprah in a lot of different things. She she is uh, when she really puts her mind to it is a very very good actress. Like in the yeah, the she's really like her like. I think I mentioned before Whoopi Goldberg. Like I don't know why they don't act more. They're both really great actors. Absolutely, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg too. I agree. Um, but uh, but she, you know, she gave she gave a good performance, but not quite up to you know her normal standard of of performance. But she she was probably the best thing in the movie. I would say. That's fair. Saw Tomb Raider uh, and Pacific Rim Uprising. Tomb Raider's terrible. <laughs> Uh, Pacific Rim Pacific Rim Uprising was better than the original Pacific Rim because it knew that it was uh, that it was flashy trash like Pacific Rim I think tried to be like this uh, more important movie than it than it was Pacific Rim knew that it was a popcorn movie complete mindless action and it totally leaned into it um, if you like that stuff and I like that stuff every once in a while um it was uh, it was fun. Yeah, I didn't see either of those. Um, I think isn't Idris Elba in those? I like him; he's pretty good. Idris Elba's in the first one and not in the second one. And the second one is John Boyega from Star Wars. John Boyega's very oh. good too. John, yeah, I don't know. I don't like Star Wars, so John, I probably don't like him. John Boyega is charismatic as hell. <laughs> like um, he's just one of those guys. Like um, I'm trying to think of somebody else that. Uh, that meets the same maybe maybe like a young Harrison Ford 
a really Ted young McGinley. Harrison Ford. Yeah, like a Ted McGinley, exactly. Um, yeah, but just like you just like him, you know, like he is very charismatic. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I enjoy him in, in different movies he's in. Next, I saw Ready Player One. <sighs> uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's one shot in the movie that feels like an actual innovative kind of cool shot and it's where up in the future everyone lives in trailers um and the world is a nightmare landscape of pollution and global warming and whatever uh but all the trailers are stacked on top of each other they call them the stacks um steven spielberg he, uh, you know, kind of, we see the main character and his thing, the camera pulls out to where we can see the whole stack, and then it slowly follows him down in, a, in one um, unbroken shot of climbing down the stacks and, it, you know, and different things. And in each window, there are people hooked up to, uh, by virtual reality, to this world where everyone kind of lives. Um, and, uh, and we see them doing different kind of cool things. So there's, you know, there's constantly changing visuals in the shot. It's a really cool shot. It's at the very beginning of the movie. It's the only work Steven Spielberg put into the movie at all. The rest, <laughs> and that's probably CGI, yeah. The rest of it is garbage. Um, I mean, like the camera might be. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, it, like uh, it's. I didn't like it. Um, there's a lot on here that I didn't like. I thought. I used to think that I was very forgiving of movies because people would say like, uh, oh, that movie's not very good. And I would think, I kind of like, you know, I kind of liked that movie. Like, and I just got this in, in my head that, um, that I was, you know, that I was really open-minded and liked a lot of different movies and was not like super judgmental. And then I started watching movies cause I had to review them and I realized I just didn't watch a lot of movies <laughs> and I ended up picking good movies to watch. Cause once I started a lot of watching a lot of the movies that came out, I realized I hate most of this stuff. See, there you go. I hate most of it too. Just a little more than you. Uh, so then next I saw a quiet place, which was a good movie. And actually, a good theater experience. I could see how this, how uh, your enjoyment of this movie would hinge on your theater-going experience here. The theater that I saw it in was completely silent. No uh, assholes chewing, uh, you know, like popcorn or, like, loudly opening cellophane. Because as the movie, because <laughs> as the movie would suggest... There is almost no dialogue in the movie at all. They communicate via sign language and there's, um, uh, you know, closed captioning, obviously, um, or text, you know, for the uh, so that we know what they're saying because they don't assume everyone knows American Sign Language, although it's becoming a lot more popular to know. Um, but uh, most of the movie is completely silent and uh, it's it was a riveting experience to watch it. Now, there were some parts at the end uh where they reveal the weakness of the monster and kind of their water. No, well, it's actually sound, (laughs) but, uh, they're a little heavy handed in, uh, in the way they do it. Um, but other than that, I mean, does the director come out and say, I don't know. I don't think they like sound very much. Well, almost because, um, John Krasinski directed the movie and he stars in the movie alongside his real life wife, uh, Emily Blunt. Um, and, uh, it, no one says that. No, like there's no one that doesn't go that far. No one actually says anything, but 
at the beginning of the movie, there's a giant a newspaper with the biggest headline size I've ever seen. Like, there's no room for print. <laughs> That's how big the headlines. And it just says, it's sound. <laughs> because... Apparently, the story of the of the movie is some aliens or something came to Earth. Um, they're horrific-looking monsters, and um, they can't see. They have no eyes. Almost like tremors, only they're above ground. Ooh. Okay, now we're talking. And, um, and so what attracts them is sound. If you make a noise, they know where you're at, and they come and attack you. So the few survivors that are left have learned to not make noise. Um, and that's, you know, the, it's sort of a horror movie, but what I like about it a lot is it's really about the family, the, the husband and the wife, and they have, uh, two kids and she's pregnant, uh, while all this is going on. Um, what? Why would you have more kids? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I I mean, you know, (laughs) either find a condom or, you know, pull out, I mean. I don't know why she. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why she wanted to get pregnant again, but um, she's pregnant in the movie. Um, okay. And so it's it's a it's a lot about their family, and you really come to care about their family, and that's the strength of the movie. And to convey all of it without, um, you know, much dialogue in the movie at all, it's it's very good acting. It's very well directed by John Krasinski. It's a uh, it's a good it's a good movie for sure. I've uh, I've read a little bit about this. Isn't one of the actresses like actually like use sign language in real life? Like yeah, she's yes. like hearing impaired. Yeah. Well, she... here's here's a question about this: Is she able to get a SAG card? Because don't you have to have a speaking role? Um, I I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, maybe since it's such a big part, you know, or maybe their like sign language is considered to be speaking. Yeah, I'm I, just curious. I assume they make exceptions. Uh, because you know, like um, I know you don't like the Star Wars movies, but I'll bring up Star Wars again. At the end of uh, the Force Awakens, the new the the first you know new Star Wars movie that they, that they did, they're looking for Luke Skywalker. They find him at the very end of the movie. Mark Hamill's not in the movie until the very last shot, basically. And Ray is handing him a, like trying to hand him a lightsaber. That's Ray is the female star of the film. And yeah, um, I, I know about it. I, I've heard. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. And he and he just kind of looks at her, doesn't say a word, and then it fades to black. And I remember when when I watched it the first time, I turned to my wife and I said, "Do you think? Do you think they just paid him scale because he didn't uh, have a speaking role?" I heard he made like a million dollars for that movie. Yeah. So they obviously make exceptions to it. Uh, and I would assume that um, that they'd make an exception for her. And he's already got a SAG card, so it's, you know. Yeah, he's had one, one for a long time. And I just want to make a point here. Uh, the monsters are not called trimmers. They're technically the graboids. Yeah. I would be uh, remiss if I uh, didn't correct. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that they're... That you know they were like the Tremors monsters necessarily. I was just saying the movies kind of like Tremors in that respect. Whatever helps you sleep at night, pal. <laughs> I would never, I would never uh, disrespect the memory of Kevin Bacon because I haven't seen him in a movie in a long time. The Kevin of Kevin Bacon or um, what's the name? Michael of the, Gross. Yeah, Michael Gross and Fred something. I can't think of his name. Reba McIntyre's in it too. Yeah, that uh, Tremors is great. We should do an episode on Tremors one time. I love. Tremors. Yeah, the first one's good. Uh, I tried to watch the other ones. Not as good, and yeah. that's saying something. 
Yeah, I started um, the second one, and it, it my watching of it didn't last very long. But I love the first one. Yeah, my friend uh, Matt and I like were like, "Hey, all all five Tremors movies are on uh, you know on demand. Let's watch them all." And uh, no, we watched the first one and the second one. We're like, "Okay, we're done." <laughs> oh, so you know uh, what else came out at the same time as A Quiet Place, which I don't think you've seen. What? Chappaquiddick. No, I have not seen Chappaquiddick, and I kind of wanted to. I haven't seen it either, and I have no intention to. But I would love to watch this movie with Norm Macdonald. That would be the best thing ever. <laughs> Oh, yeah. For those of you that don't know, Chappaquiddick is about the time that Ted Kennedy killed a girl. No, he wasn't in the car, as I recall. Who, Ted Kennedy? Yeah, didn't he appear like hours later? No, 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 no. This is what happened. Now, when I say he killed a girl, in order to avoid lawsuits, I'll say, for all we know, it was an accident. Well, I mean, it was an accident, but... um, he didn't kill her on purpose. Yeah. He did, definitely didn't kill her on purpose. Um, so it, it I mean, was, I guess if he would have strangled her or something, you know, by the time they found the body, there'd be no evidence <laughs> of that. That's true. But uh, that probably didn't happen. It was his mistress. They were driving. He was probably drunk, allegedly drunk. Um, he drove the, like, he crashed the car off the bridge into Chappaquiddick Creek, which I think is on Martha's Vineyard by their, uh, their house, um, the, like, their summer place. Um, he, he got, he unstrapped himself, got out of the car, swam to the surface, got out of the car, left her in there, um, don't know if he tried to save her or not, or if he just peaced out, or, or what, um, <laughs> did did, obviously, he didn't save her uh, and didn't go down with her. Um, you know, just uh, just left. Uh, hours later, he appeared at the house soaking wet. Um, his story changed a few different times, uh, and then eventually they landed on uh, the uh, you know a story. Um, but it basically destroyed his uh, his presidential uh, aspirations. Because it was a huge scandal, and you know his his driving contributed to the death of a woman. Yeah, but that's that's I might I might want to watch that. That sounds kind of interesting. I have to see if it's on any of the streaming services I subscribe to. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's there yet, but I assume that it will be soon. Uh, it's definitely one that I'm 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 you know I think I want to check out. And yeah, you're a student of history, and uh, I know you're interested in the Kennedys in specific. We watched that. What was that movie? Uh, 13 Days in October? Yeah, well, it's just called 13 Days, but yeah. I don't really always call it 13 Days in October, but yeah, that was a pretty good movie, yeah, from what I recall. I like that movie a lot. Uh, but yeah, the next one was Rampage uh, with The Rock, where they made it out of the, uh, the uh, video game Rampage. Didn't see it, but I like the game a lot. The game's really good. Uh, one thing that I don't like about this movie is that uh, the I think Marlon Ackerman or whatever her name is is one of the bad guys and girls in the movie, and um, uh, they have in their office the Rampage video game. So the Rampage <laughs> video game exists in this universe where they created what? something called the Rampage virus that just so happened to mutate the exact same animals that appear in the <laughs> Rampage game. Uh, I hate that, and I did not like the movie at all. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, The Rocks in the movie? Yes. 
again, I, I have never seen a movie with a rock in it, and I have uh, I don't know why. It's just a, I think I would have with the sheer amount of them that are out there. The Rock is a. I might assume. Yeah, go ahead. He, I think I might. Have, he was at the end of one of the Mummy movies, wasn't he? At yeah. the end of Mummy Two was, and I actually think that's the kid. same incident where the movie meal happened. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he was the Scorpion King at the end of one of the Mummy movies in the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was really bad. And you were about to Ted Kennedy a guy with a fucking movie meal. <laughs> right. We're trying to watch the rock it is a big screen <laughs> debut. But uh yeah, um The Rock is a very good actor, very charismatic. I like him a lot. Uh just about every single movie he does is terrible. Yeah, I, I, I like him. I, I I didn't know he was a good actor. I would assume he's a bad one. Um yeah, I, I like him as a person. He seems like a cool guy. Uh no no desire to see any of his movies. Yep. I hope that he's in a good movie soon because I'd love to see him in a good movie. Um but the Rampage was not that. Uh next is Super Troopers two. <laughs> Do you see that one? I did. I saw it in the theaters. I was really looking forward to the movie. Yeah. Um I liked it. I didn't love it, um, but I liked it. it it's, I, I think they could have done more, given the amount of time that was between the original Super Troopers and the second one. I, th- I think there was a lot of budgetary limitations for it. Yeah, Because the entire movie was crowdfunded for like $4 million or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you have like Rob Lowe's in there. I, I don't know that he's commanding, you know, millions of dollars to be in a movie, but I mean, he's not cheap, I would imagine. Right. I mean, it's probably a big part of the budget. I'm sure they want to pay themselves, too. I mean, the movie, I mean, the opening scene's pretty good. Yes. Yes. Where they're it like, is. Uh, they become a band. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean William Scott, who I'm a big fan of, is in that as well. Yep. I think he's um, underrated. They- they got everyone back. They got Brian Cox back, which, you know, was nice because who doesn't like watching Brian Cox in a movie? Absolutely. Um, I know you the, like watching Cox in movies. Brian Cox, yeah. <laughs> Not big, juicy Cox. <laughs> I love you too, baby. That's my daughter. Awake at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> you mean 7 p.m., right? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the actress who plays Marissa was in it again. She's uh, you know, she's good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, the uh, Spurberry police chief wasn't in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I uh, what did, what did you think of it? Did you did you? Did I like thought it, it was okay. I mean, I would have liked it if it was a big budget, but not too big of a budget because the the strength of the first movie is there's so many great jokes and like little mm-hmm. like you know things they're not expensive they're not like big CGI effects right there's a lot of like really just like funny jokes I mean they they reference them a couple times in the sequel mm-hmm. I'll have to watch the sequel again because the first movie I've seen like probably twenty times which is a lot of times for me to see a movie yeah maybe too sober um but I really do <laughs> like that movie it's 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 the first movie is a classic that was a shock I did not like the previews were terrible yep it looked like the a really stupid movie. Like I think the previews were just sort of really a big reason why a lot of people didn't see it in the theaters. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I really like the first one. Um, I'm a big, I'm a fan of them in general. Um, but yeah, this, out of all their movies, I'd say that's probably the weakest. Uh, Super Troopers too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just someone give them fifteen million dollars. Someone give them fifteen million dollars to make a movie. That's not a lot of money. The movie will probably make like forty-five million dollars or fifty million dollars or something like that. It's not going to be a huge hit, but you'll make more than your money back. Yeah, that's definitely a group I would like to see a lot more movies from. I mean, they probably have four or five, maybe six. 
There's Super Troopers, um, Club Dread, Beer oh. Fest, which is probably my favorite. Yeah, I love Beer Cuddle Fest. Cuddle Cruiser, the, the Slammin' Salmon, Super Troopers too. I think that's all of them. I might have missed one. No, I think that's all of but, them. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen the Slammin' Salmon either. I, I don't know how, how that is. I haven't seen that one either. That's that's the only one I haven't seen. But yeah, I mean, I like them, but just Super Troopers 2 was just like kind of like, I don't know, like they didn't have the desire or the money or something. Something was missing. Yeah. Oh, so after Super Troopers 2 was probably the biggest movie of the year uh, that I know you haven't seen, Avengers Infinity War. Did not see it. I loved it. Uh, I've seen it several times since uh, the first time that I saw it, which is rare for me to go back more than a couple times to a movie. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's so funny because there's like 37 characters in the movie and somehow it's not a clusterfuck. It should be by all rights, but the Russo brothers know exactly what they're doing with these characters. They know exactly how to frame the story, it, it, you know, and... And they they break up the the Avengers and and the Guardians of the Galaxies and all the different uh, you know kind of people they bring into the movie. They break them up into different groups, so it feels uh, a little more like um, like there's not. Well, the main story is basically the story of Thanos, but you know the so the heroes are all kind of sort of B stories, but they still make it feel like everything is building towards a conclusion. It's really. It's a master class in how to write a script and how to how to structure a uh, a film. That's the to me as far as like storytelling. That's the biggest uh, plus from this movie. And I I I even watching it, I still don't know exactly how they did it or how they would even start to go about it. But um, it, it's uh, it's a very satisfying movie. If you haven't seen the other movies in the MCU, it's um, you'll probably be kind of lost, but, uh, if you have, it's, um, it's a very like satisfying kind of reward. I I felt like it was a reward because as I told you, I watched, uh, like 18 of their movies over the course of a week so that I could review, um, Black Panther. So I felt like, oh, you know, this is an enjoyable movie. This is my reward for sitting through all this. Is it on Netflix? Uh, I believe it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll if I can stand it, I'll try and watch the whole movie this uh, weekend, and I'll give you a review next week. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, next up is Tully, which I didn't see. I heard it's good. Uh, Charlize Theron, who is a very good actress, um, is in it, and uh, yeah, I don't. I can't say anything about it. I heard it's good. I want to see it. I'll probably get back to it at some point. Yeah, I, I've never even heard of this movie. I think um, she has some mental problems in the movie, I believe. Um, it's kind of one of those what's real, what's not real, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know, because I haven't seen it. Uh, next up is Deadpool 2. I think we both saw that, right? Yeah, I saw this in the theater. Um, I kind of passed out drunk about halfway into the movie. Okay. And by halfway, I mean about 10 minutes. <laughs> but then I saw it again, and uh, it's okay. What do you think? I liked the first one a lot better. Um I think the first one, you know, there there were a couple things in the second one that I thought were innovative and stuff that they kind of did differently 
uh, that I thought was cool. But I thought a lot of the humor was sort of the same, uh, like not sort of like a little bit of recycling. I would have. Yeah, liked. that's. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I kind of felt it was like the same movie, you know, that we saw. And then there's a couple extra characters. I mean, there are funny parts in it for sure. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt that it suffered a bit because I believe they cut T.J. Miller's part quite a bit because there was some controversy over, I'm not sure, something at the yeah. time with T.J. Miller. Yeah, I think it was sexual Which, assault. If you know T.J. Miller, that's that, there's pretty much always a controversy with uh, T.J. Miller. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I liked his character the first one. You know, their back and forth was pretty funny. Um I like the uh, I like the added characters. Um, Domino was pretty good. I liked her. I liked her a lot. Um, yeah, Zazie Bates I, Beats, I think is her name. I I guess I don't know. Um, but the, I I did like too that uh, <laughs> that all the heroes they just like took out basically almost like immediately were all, like violently killed. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that where they set something up and just like throw it all away in a moment is just always the funniest thing to me. I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. Yeah, but, I thought like, that in the was movie, good. MacGruber, I saw like a little bit of that movie. That they kind of did that in that movie. He's like killed off like half the characters right away. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy that. Yeah, I do too. I, and I, and I thought that was funny in that movie. That that's one of the parts that I thought was like, okay, this is something different. and I like this. Yeah, there are some big cameos. Like uh, Matt Damon plays one of like the uh, redneck guys when Cable first appears. Yep. Uh, Brad Pitt's the invisible guy. So like he like like right when he dies, you're like, oh, that was Brad Pitt apparently the whole time. <laughs> yep. Which was a nice little joke. Um, I mean, it's not a bad, bad movie. I'd watch it again, but it's not my first go-to. Right. Oh, so then we've got uh, Solo, the Star Wars story. I'm going to have to go through some of these a little quickly because, um, you know, we're running kind of long. But um, Solo, the Star Wars story, I liked it. Um, what I liked about it is that, or one of the things I liked about it is that I'm so sick of all the Star Wars porn stuff, and it had, like, none of that. It was just a, uh, like, self-contained story uh, about this guy, uh, Han Solo, in his early life. I I enjoyed that. Yeah, I like the idea of that, but obviously I wouldn't see it. Right. Out of principle. Ocean's 8, which was the uh, all-female Ocean's 11 reboot-ish sequel kind of movie. Um, I thought it was fine. I didn't love it. Um, I don't like the Oceans movies. I don't, I don't like, I, I like the original one and, you know, I'm sure this will be controversial because I know a lot of people hate on this movie, but I like uh, the original Oceans 11 with Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. Cause I'm a big fan of, uh, of the Rat Pack and that, you know, that movie's probably terrible, but, uh, my love of the Rat Pack, uh, kind of, um, makes up for it. I'm sure it's a film of its time more than anything else now. Uh, but yeah, I saw part of it with you, and like I'm like they're they're just singing for like long stretches in the movie. I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not very, very interested. In- yeah, because you know when I think of thieves, I think of their uh, you know singing, <laughs> right? But uh, you know, I wasn't like the original the the uh, remake of the Ocean's Eleven. The first one I thought was you know fine. I'm not a big fan of it. I didn't really like Ocean's Twelve or Ocean's Thirteen. Uh, and this one I feel like is probably on par with the first one. I think it's better than Ocean's 12 and 13 um, on par with, uh, you know, the remake with uh, Clooney and Pitt. Um, See, I thought I thought the the Brad Pitt, uh, George Clooney, Ocean's 11, I thought that was a fun movie. Yeah. I mean, there was like a lot of like neat little twists. I mean, it was very implausible, which always bothers me when it comes to like thievery in movies. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, it was fun. But I mean, I, I didn't really have a need to see the 12 or 13 or anything. Yeah, you're not missing anything. 
And, you know, this one's, like, fine. There's some plot holes in it, but, you know, it's not really worth talking about. It's, Ocean's 8's fine. If you want to see Ocean's 8, you know, go ahead and see it. Um, you, you know, if you like these kind of movies, you'll have a good time. I'm not a huge fan. I'm more like you when it comes to the heist movies, where I like uh, more, like, intricate and kind of... Um, like detailed planning and stuff like that, where it's like, where it's, you can see the thought process behind everything. It's like, oh, that's ingenious. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the movie Heat, I think is probably my favorite. Yeah. Movie. Exactly. It's a very long movie and there's big parts that could just be straight cut out of the movie. I don't really care much for the whole, like, you know, story with his uh, wife and her child, even though, I mean, it, I understand, you know, it's interesting. It's part of the character. I mean, if it was just like four more heights in the movie instead of that stuff, I would mm. love that movie so much. Yeah. Um, next was the Incredibles two. I saw that with my kids. Uh, I didn't like it as much as I like the Incredibles a lot. Um, I didn't, you know, this one was fine. Uh, there was like two scenes in it that I thought were really cool when the baby starts, uh, like showing all of its powers and attacking, uh, has a fight with a raccoon outside is a really cool, um, and, and fun scene. Other than that, um, it was, uh, you know, it was just fine. Um, See, I, I, this might surprise you. This, this is my favorite movie that I saw in theaters this year. Really? Okay. I, I liked it more than the first one. My uh, my oldest daughter, she's ten now. When the first one, I mean, she would watch that thing almost every day, and I I liked it. It was good. You know, it was fun. Uh, I didn't think it was the greatest. I, I really like Jason Lee in the first movie. He's like a yep. great villain in that. Yep. And I like how they tie it all in at the end. Like, oh, he was a little boy, but the Incredibles too. I thought was even better. Like, I liked the whole scene with um. Elastigirl, which is on her bike that can split apart. Okay, yeah, that's really cool. The opening scene's really good too. It's like really like kind of like scary when they when they're on the uh, big digging machine and they're trying to pull it apart. That frightened you, huh? Well, I, I, I thought it was like really like <laughs> imposing. You know, it was like really yeah. like you. It was almost like realistic, even though it was like incredibly implausible. No, I'm I mean, just it's not really... a cartoon and a comic. Yeah. Um, and then when they show scre- this fight, the fight with Screenslaver in the um, like in the basement, that's a that's an amazing scene. Like it's yep. a, you know obviously as a warning at the beginning is you know it's, if you have an issue with like flashing lights, that is not the scene for you. Yeah, yeah. I guess that uh, you know like a lot of people gave out warnings after seeing that for people with epilepsy. Um, you know, obviously, thank goodness. Um, and I've never heard about anybody having a big like issue with it or anything. Cause I think they kind of stayed away from it, which was good. Um, but yeah, that's the other scene that I was talking about that is, uh, it really well done scene. Yeah. And I think this is also one of the movies where the, uh, the bad guy is actually correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- I mean, obviously, the means by which she goes by it are not the correct way to do it. But essentially, what she's saying is like people are just like enslaved, like their screens, their cell phones, their mm-hmm. TVs, their computers. I mean, I'm guilty as much as anyone else of that. But I mean, she's essentially saying, you know, go live your life. Don't be stuck in this, you know, machine. I agree, and don't be a slave to to uh, screens, people. Be a slave to your headphones. Put your headphones in and just listen to our show on a loop and rate and subscribe it. Yeah, that's what the movie was saying. Exactly. That's the point of Incredibles 2. Listen to this podcast. Um, The next movie, what do you have, Jurassic World? Yeah. I didn't see the... I've seen a lot of the Jurassic Park movies. Mm -hmm. I didn't see Jurassic World or the second one. They don't seem to be... I mean, I'm pretty much over seeing dinosaurs. I mean, gee, will they escape this time? I mean, Jesus Christ, build a better fucking cage for these. 
Yeah, they're they're uh the first one I didn't really like that much, but this one You mean Jurassic yeah, World? Yeah, the, yeah, not not the original Jurassic Park. I love that movie. But um yeah, the original Jurassic World uh I didn't really like that much. This one is uh is terrible. And it sucks because the director um and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the director's a really good director. And some of the direction of this movie is really good, but um but the script for this movie is awful. And the whole thing is just terrible. I mean, I, we we could do a whole episode where I go into how much I hate Jurassic World and why I hate Jurassic World <laughs> uh, Fallen Kingdom. But um, uh, suffice it to say, there's a clone in the movie of a little girl. Uh, she ends up uh, letting out all the dinosaurs at the end of the movie because she says they're alive like her. And it's like... Oh my God! So is steak, <laughs> but you still eat so it. So is you know? the Ebola virus. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so ridiculously stupid. My oldest daughter, who's thirteen, and I laugh about this one scene all the time because we watched it together. Um, there's a scene where one of the raptors, who are friends with the human beings, um, jumps out of a room that's like exploding. It's like one of those classic shots where it's like a fireball and it lands on, um, it lands on this scaffolding, this like, uh, um, stairway thing. And the CGI is so bad that it just looks like they took a, like a rubber, um, it just took, it looks like they took a rubber, uh, like a rubber toy and threw it at the, uh, at the (laughs) stairs. It's, awful um but yeah so uh maybe one day we'll talk about like uh because they're gonna come out with another one of these things um so maybe you know before they do that we'll go through like all the jurassic park and jurassic world movies uh and give our takes on them but next was ant-man and the wasp uh it's another marvel movie it's fine um marvel generally makes decent movies that are fun to watch popcorn movies. This is no exception. It's not anything uh, important in the world of cinema. It's not even anything important in the MCU. But, you know, <laughs> I like Paul Rudd. He's fun in the movie. It's a fun movie. Um, we actually skipped over a couple. Okay, uh, Sicario, ahead. Dave the Soldado. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that or the first one, but it, it sounds like something I'd like. I think Benicio del Toro's in it. I don't know if he's an assassin or like a uh, police officer trying to find the assassin. That sounds like a movie I would definitely enjoy. Oh yeah, that's that's one we could definitely check out. I, I'd watch it. I don't think a lot of people have talked about it, so we could definitely do an episode on that. <laughs> Another movie is uh, Uncle Drew. <laughs> I haven't even heard of that one. What's that one about? Oh, this movie's ridiculous. And the premise is that, you know, I, I really should look this up to be uh, definitive. Okay. But I'll go, it's a, I'll go a basketball th- player. You, if you want to look it up, I'll, I'll go through a couple movies while you look it up. Yeah, yeah. I'll look that up real quick. Okay. So the next movie I saw was Eighth Grade. I don't think you saw that, right? Oh, I think he's really gone. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, no, I didn't see that. Isn't that... I think Bo, Bo Burnham? Yeah, this, the comedian, yeah. Yeah, he wrote and directed it. I, I loved this movie. I thought it was very good. Um, probably one of my favorite movies of the year. And part of the reason could be I have an eighth grader. The the, um, the uh, actress in the movie is uh, playing a character named Kyla, and she is 13 years old. My daughter's also 13 years old. I watched this. I saw this twice. I watched it uh, once. 
by myself. And then I, I watched it with my daughter uh, and both of us really enjoyed it. One of the things that this movie gets right is uh, Bo Burnham clearly understands the internet, clearly understands, you know, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and all that stuff. Um, and this movie does the internet or in- integrates the internet into its narrative and into the movie better than any movie that I've seen. And it's just a very solid, heartfelt story of this girl that's like a lot of other girls growing up in America now um, and kind of what she goes through. And the big thing is, is she has uh, social anxiety. And I guess Bo Burnham uh, suffers from some pretty bad social anxiety as well. And he wrote this movie kind of almost therapeutically to, to sort of explain you know, how those things make him feel and, and, you know, kind of what he goes through and everything. And, um, the, uh, the actress that plays Kyla, um, I'm trying to remember her name off the top of my head. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she absolutely deserves an Oscar for this movie. She is fantastic. It's, it's in my opinion, easily the best performance of the year. Um, maybe the best performance of the last five years, but she is, she nails this part and, and it's almost like a one woman show kind of, because she's in pretty much every scene. Um, she carries, she absolutely carries the movie and Bo Burnham did a fantastic job in writing and directing it, but this movie doesn't exist without her. You can't, I can't even imagine anyone else in it. Um, Elsie Fisher, that's her name. And uh, Elsie Fisher, I know, listens to the show. Uh, she doesn't, but um, she's uh, <laughs> she's fantastic in the movie. Uh, the next movie I saw was Equalizer Two um, with Denzel Washington, based on the 1980s television show Equalizer, sequel to is, Equalizer. Is that what that's be- See, when this came out, I, did, I I hadn't heard of an Equalizer One. Yeah, it's uh, like well, Equalizer. He did a movie called Equalizer. I think came out of few years ago or something like that. But, um, uh, yeah, he, uh, it's based on an eighties TV show. It's, um, it's not good. Uh, you know, a lot of, I, I think I heard it got some pretty good reviews though. I don't like it, but I, I don't like these kind of movies. So, you know, you have to take, uh, yeah. you have to take it, uh, from, uh, you know, my point of view. Cause it's, um, cause yeah, it's our podcast. I yeah, Although, you might. why they would remake The Equalizer of all the 80s uh, cop shows, I have no idea. And it's nothing like The Equalizer TV show. I mean, it's sort of like it, but not really. Um, you know, like I saw an episode with uh, Adam Ant from uh, <laughs> on it, where he plays a guy that uh, that runs a bordello in New York City that kidnaps, oh, no. kidnaps like young Midwestern girls and uh, sells them into sex slavery, basically. But, um, but yeah. No, that's not a very intimidating nickname either. <laughs> Animate. No, well, no, the equalizer. The equalizer. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, isn't either. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, a, watch out or I'm going to equalize things. Like, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the lamest uh, math based superhero ever. Or like a uh, social justice warrior uh, superhero. Right. I'm the equalizer. We're going to make everything equal. I, uh, I have some more tidbits about Uncle Drew that we've all been uh, anxiously awaiting. Okay, so let's, yeah, let's hear Uncle Drew. I'm excited to hear this. Okay, I wasn't aware of this, but uh, Uncle Drew is played by Kyrie Irving. 
Oh my god! Okay. Hoping, yeah, I was hoping it would be Dwight Howard, but it was not. Okay. Uh, Kyrie Irving. It's it's actually from like a Pepsi commercial where he plays Uncle Drew, like the streetball legend. So okay. basically, the movie has him, Shaquille O'Neal, Chris Webber, Reggie Miller, Lisa Leslie, with cameos by Steve Nash, David Robinson, Jerry West, Dakimbi Mutombo, Nene. It's just like, oh my god! So it's the entire NBA like, idea. For, they made an entire movie out of a commercial. Is it now? Does this movie take place in a universe where the Earth is flat? Because Kyrie Irving is one of those people that believes that the Earth is flat. Yeah, I don't. Uh, as we talked earlier about the uh, never been to the moon thing, I just don't understand it. I mean, like I heard someone on the radio commented, maybe they should do away with the one and done thing, so uh, people <laughs> can actually get some sort of education. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, the problem is, is that people just will believe anything now. Oh, yeah. The, these, I mean, uh, really, the problem is people aren't getting any stupider. They're just having more ways to express themselves via yeah. social media. And yep, I agree. I agree. I think stuff like this has always been. It's just we see it now. Yeah. But uh, the next, uh, so I, I won't. I don't want to skip over this, although I haven't seen this movie yet. But Black Klansman. Um, was kind of the next big one that came out after the Equalizer and Uncle Drew movie. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. Um, I think it's coming to Netflix soon, or at least one of the streaming services soon. I'm definitely going to see it before the end of the year, or or before the Oscars anyway. Um, oh, is it nominated for an Oscar? I, well, they haven't announced the nominations yet, but I imagine it probably will be especially because they seem to like to expand the best picture categories i think they have like nine now oh, yeah or something yeah, like yeah that. that's right so i think it will probably be up for that um but yeah, I, I hear it's very it. good yeah i'm not gonna watch it and the reason for that is because i don't think spike lee is a very good director at all i like one of his movies <laughs> that that i think it's uh do the right thing so did you do that one yeah, it's the one with um, with Danny Aiello in it, where he plays the pizza uh, owner. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know he's in that one. I like that movie a lot, and I think that was his first movie. Um, I like that movie. Uh, a lot. It might be. It was definitely one of his earlier it ones. Might, it actually might not be Spike Lee at all. Though. I'm not sure. No, I, I'm almost positive it is Spike Lee. But uh, I like that movie a lot. Um, and Malcolm X was okay as well. Yeah, I thought Malcolm X was okay, but again, the direction wasn't great. And just why did he cast yeah. himself in that movie? I mean, he, he he's not a good actor. I'm yeah, sorry. I agree. Um, the next movie I saw was Crazy Rich Asians, which I expected to hate. And I didn't. I liked it. Uh, I saw it with my wife. My wife loved it. Um, and, I, and I liked it. I thought it was, uh, there's a woman named Aquafina in the movie. Um, who is hilarious in the film, and uh, I liked her a lot. And the the movie was good. I liked it. Um, I'm sorry, we skipped over one that I saw actually. Oh, yeah. uh, shockingly, uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. Uh, oh, like okay. you, I have young kids. Um, I'm not sure if you're you watch a lot of like cartoons that they watch, but as far as cartoons go, Teen Titans go is one of the funniest cartoons I've seen in a long time. It's something that can be enjoyed at an adult level as well. Okay. Uh, I went to the movie. The movie was not good. It's not even like a good as good as a weak episode of the uh, show. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know why they didn't do a better movie, but I wouldn't recommend it if you're a fan of the show. It, it wasn't that great. Well, that's definitely a show I will check out. I don't think my kids watch it, but um, 
maybe I'll I'll get him into it so I can watch it too. But uh, yeah, um, I yeah I didn't see that one. Um, and I don't watch a ton of cartoons with them. Usually, what I'll do is I watch a few episodes of any show that they want to watch to make sure that it's you know not horrifying, and um, and then uh, I just kind of let them go on their own. But um, when they watch shows. But, yeah, that, that that's a, definitely a funny cartoon. Um, you know, that, like I said, can be enjoyed by multiple age levels. That's cool. I'll take, I'll check that out for sure. Um, the next movie that I saw was the Happy Time Murders. I, I wanted to see this one, but I just didn't go see it in the theaters. How was it? That's terrible. <laughs> oh, okay. It's uh, it's the, here's the problem I have with the movie. Um, the idea of the Muppets or Muppet-like characters existing in a world with human beings and it being, like, completely messed up and, you know, obviously not for kids and stuff is a good idea. I like the premise a lot. Yeah, it sounds like it's... I mean, the previews, too, looked really funny. It sounds like a great idea for a movie. The problem is, is there's too much Melissa McCarthy being Melissa McCarthy in the movie. And it's just... They go, you would, it's weird to say, uh, because of how subversive the entire plot of the movie is, they go way too broad with the humor. It's not like if they had gone with like really subversive, you know, humor and stuff like that, it would have been really good. But, you know, it's kind of broad humor and then puppets saying the word fuck. And it's like, oh, eh. and it's like, oh no, you know, you had this great idea and you just ruined it. <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. Too yeah. bad uh, Trey Parker and uh, Matt Stone weren't available for this. Oh, one. they would have made they would have made this movie so fucking good. They would have made a great movie out of this. Absolutely, that's a great call. Yeah, because obviously Team America was like a hilarious movie, but um, it really, they just never want to work with puppets again. It was such an exhaustive process. So hopefully Muppets will be easier, I would think, but yeah. I don't know. And then towards the end of the year now, uh, we've got a few movies that I haven't really seen because I don't have to review movies for, um, for the website anymore. And uh, all the movies I see are just movies that we talk about on here. But... Um, Venom, A Star is Born. We saw Halloween. If you are interested in uh, hearing our thoughts about Halloween, we did a, uh episode of Halloween, so you can go back and check that one out. Uh, Bohemian Rap- Rhapsody, Widows, and Green Book. I really want to see Green Book because I, I love... Um, his last name's Ali. I can't remember how to pronounce his uh, his first name. Uh, I, lo- I like him a lot, and I like Viggo Mortensen a lot, too. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen like always takes on interesting roles for sure. And so that's one I definitely want to see. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and Widows and A Star is Born I will probably have to see uh, for when I do the Oscar stuff um, on the website. Venom I didn't see either. Um, I've heard mixed things about Venom. Uh, and that is all the ones I have. Do you have any other... Uh, films that you saw that you want to talk about for, from the year? Um, none that I've uh, seen in the theater. Um, a couple that are coming out that are kind of interesting. Um, they're doing Once Upon a Deadpool. I only recently heard about that. Uh, yep. Are you familiar with the concept? Yeah, that just sounds weird. It's like a kind of a, a spoof on the Princess Bride, from what I can tell. Yeah, and I think what they're doing is they're taking footage they didn't use 
with with some you know well like spliced together with uh footage that they also did use but there it's a pg-13 re-edit bookended uh. by um bookended by uh like deadpool reading the story of deadpool 2 to um fred savage to fred savage who's playing the same character that he was in the princess bride yeah, that seems like something I could hear about and like chuckle, but actually having to see it would just be grueling. I won't go out to the theater to see it. If they release it on one of the streaming services I have eventually, um, you know, I'll probably uh I'll probably check it out just kind of out of curiosity. But yeah, it's not something that I'm gonna rush out to the theater to see. I saw Deadpool two already. I don't I don't need to see the the re edited version. And I mean and the parts that they didn't use in the actual movie. Yeah, what's the point? Like, I, I mean, well, I know what the point. The point is to make more money, but because nothing big is coming out this uh, this Christmas season, there's no Star Wars movie coming out that usually occupies this time uh, of year. Um, Aquaman's coming out, which is supposed oh, yeah. to be a big movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Aqu- and I, I hear good things about Aquaman. That's probably something else uh, that I'll see. Are there any movies that you're really looking forward to going into next year to kind of wrap this up? The one I really want to see is uh, Holmes and Watson with uh, Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley. I do too. Yep. Tor- towards the end of the year. And I just saw a commercial for it today too. Um, and, yeah, that's yeah. kind of a scary idea because it could be not so great. But every movie they've uh, combined in that I can think of, uh, Talladega Nights, Yep. Step Brothers. Yep. Those are the only two I can really think of that they were just the two of them. Those are both great movies. I could watch either of them, you know, anytime. Yeah, and I agree with you. This is a concept doing a comedy version of Sherlock Holmes and Watson. It's a concept where it's like, oh, I could see that being really funny. Or also, I could see that being really terrible. But yeah, I, I mean, but I'm heartened that it's these two because, like you, I like Step Brothers a lot. I like Talladega Nights a lot. And I, I, Trust them. Yeah, I, I would hope that they wouldn't come together for some, you know, piece of shit movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you seen the previews for Mortal Engine? Yeah, it's the, the uh, London's on uh, wheels and stuff. Yeah, like that. that looks like the dumbest thing I've I, I've ever heard of. I the whole yeah the whole concept of it is like oh you know uh, London's on wheels don't get run over by London you know it's like what yeah. the fuck. Uh, another big movie that's coming out that I'm not going to see is uh, Mary Poppins Returns. I don't know. What do you feel about that? Um, I love the. I like musicals a lot more than you. Probably a lot more than most people. Um, I and you know Mary Poppins isn't exactly a musical, but it's kind of a musical. But I love the original Mary Poppins, and I love Emily Blunt. I think she's. Um, I think she's fantastic. This is one where, like, I'm probably not going to go out to the theater to see it unless my kids, for some reason, uh, are just really like, oh, we want to see this really badly, um, which I don't think they will. But I'll probably catch it um, when it comes to uh, to video. But, like, that trailer, they had, they had um, uh, what's his name, uh, Dick Van Dyke. They looked like they, they CGI'd his head on another body. It was the weirdest thing i've ever seen of him <laughs> dancing you know and maybe they did because he's like 95 he's very old but very still together if you've heard, you've heard him on a podcast recently yep he sounds like he doesn't miss a beat which sounds insulting but it's really not when you get to that age 
No, absolutely. If you like, yeah, that's a that's a big compliment, and I'm sure he'd take it as a compliment. If your uh, mental uh, facilities are intact when um, when you're that age, that's you know that's what we all want uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, that uh, I probably like I said, I probably won't rush out to see that or anything. Um, I think Glass comes out next year, and as we see, yeah, I think so. I'm looking forward to that. Um, definitely the Holmes and Watson that comes out towards the end of this year. It comes out on Christmas, I thought. Yeah, I believe you're. But correct. no, it's saying that it says the twenty first actually, so I probably will see it when it comes out. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of anything. Well, you know, the in, in Avengers: Infinity War, the second part uh, comes out in April. That's the big one, and Captain Marvel. Those are the two big MCU movies that are coming out next year. Lots of people are going to be looking forward to those. Um, Isn't uh, the next Star Wars coming out next year? Yeah, towards the end of next year. I'm not super looking forward to that, really, to be honest. I wonder if this one will have lightsabers. <laughs> the uh, the Last Jedi sort of killed my enthusiasm for Star Wars stuff. So, um, but all I, the Star Wars movies are that for me. I will definitely see it. Uh, you know. Oh, I remembered the thing that I wanted to tell you. By the way, we finally went on long enough to where I remembered the thing I wanted to tell you. <laughs> I don't know if you remember... Well, of course you do. What am I talking about? Um, last week, if you can remember that long ago... <laughs> last, well, I'm no Dick Van Dyke, but I'll try. Last week, we talked about um, uh, the Dave Croyer segment from the yeah, Weekly yeah, Planet Yeah, I, I looked that up. Did you listen to him? I listened to a couple of them. I, I have to say I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah, when I went back to listen to it, I, I like because I listened to it too, and I listened to the first one because I wanted to tell the the story of the first one on here, um, and I think you'll probably agree based on what you just said. Um, I don't really think that this is on Dave Coulier. <laughs> like yeah, yeah uh, the first one when the guy asked about his balls. Yeah, so for anyone that doesn't know the story, I'll just go like a. a, a a uh, writer um, or a listener wrote in to the Weekly Planet podcast. This was probably like three years ago, um, and uh, said um, that he had a story about Dave Coulier. He he was working at a hotel. He um, saw Bob Saget stand up, and in Bob Saget stand up, he said that Dave Coulier shaves his balls, and if you ever see him, to ask him about it, which is obviously a joke. Because he's a stand-up comedian on a stage saying it. Um, so this guy worked at a hotel. Dave Coulier comes in. Now, he doesn't start out the thing by saying, oh, Bob Saget told me, or I heard from Bob Saget, or anything like that. He just says to him, out of the blue, it's okay. You don't have to feel bad. Lots of people shave their balls. <laughs> now, could you imagine, like, just like being at a hotel and someone just out of the blue saying that to you with no context? So he understandably gets upset, uh, complains to the manager, gets a free room out of it. This guy gets fired, so he's pissed off. The next part of the story is he starts working at another hotel down the street, another fancy hotel. Bob Saga comes in with um. Um, John Stamos, and uh, he says to them that uh, he's got a story about um, about Dave Coulier, and he, and as he says, they're not interested in hearing it until I say that um, he took Bob Saget's advice 
about the ball, you know, him shaving his balls and he ended up getting fired and they all laughed. And, you know, I think he thinks they were laughing with him. It's clear they're <laughs> laughing at him. They're like, Dave Clay was not in the wrong in this one. It's like, why did you do that? And then, um, and then uh, they, you know, like John Stamos is like, yeah, this is why no one listens to Bob's advice. You know, kind of like you're an idiot. <laughs> So then they all have a shot of tequila while he's working to sh- <laughs> to kind of show what um you know what sort of judgment this guy has and then he um he ends up not being the only person not getting asked back after the summer to uh, work at this hotel. So as he says the only two times he got fired uh, were because of Dave Coulier. No, dude, this is on you. You asked a guest, or you you alluded to a guest that he shaves his balls <laughs> with no context, and then you drank on the job in your other job. It's your fault. Although, to be fair, I think if I, I had the chance to take a shot with uh, John uh, Lovitz, that's not it. John Stamos and <laughs> I would take a shot with John Lovitz. Yeah, I don't know about that. Oh, do you ever hear John Lovitz? Uh, John Lovitz and um, John Lovitz has a really dark sense of humor when he's not on stuff where he can't have that. Um, but I saw him on a show, and everyone should check out this show. And I know you'll hate it because you hate everything about you'll hate everything about what I'm about to say. But it's a really interesting show. Kevin Pollock has a, <laughs> has, a, yes. has a has a chat a show called Kevin Pollock's Chat Show which is on YouTube. Everyone should check it out. He basically does like an hour or two hours, a lot of times, really in-depth interviews with one person where he kind of goes through like their whole life, like how they got started in acting. Really interesting stories, like stuff that you don't hear anyplace else. And he really gets a lot of people to open up. It's a fascinating show. Like I said, it's long. So you'll want to have some time to put into it if you watch a few of them. Um, But... But it's really good, and he's an excellent interviewer. Um, but he had John Lovitz on, and John Lovitz and Phil Hartman were very close, almost like brothers. They like they loved each other. They were very close and everything. And um, you know, like Kevin Pollock kind of tipped his hand a little bit when he before he brought him out, saying that um, uh, that uh, you know he's got like a dark sense of humor and stuff like that. But uh, he said to John Lovitz, um, you know, like uh, one of our friends, uh, you know, as he's like, because he's moving along in the interview, he's like one of the funniest guys uh, of all time, you know, our uh, friend Phil Hartman. And John Lovitz goes, not so funny now. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like, oh, my God. Um, But I guess like John Lovitz was like, inconsolable crying and stuff uh you know after uh phil hartman died and stuff because they really you know they loved each other a a lot um but uh yeah so he's got like john lovett's got like a real dark sense of humor in in certain uh respects and i I like that but yeah i would take a shot with uh, john stamos too yeah, sorry, I was looking at the uh, list of movies for next year, and uh, not a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline. Yeah, and unfortunately, we're going to have to pick some stuff to talk about. I hope you like sequels and remakes. Yeah, that's uh, that's what it is. Uh, I'm not I'm not looking forward to it, but uh, it is what it is. They're remaking both Charlie's Angels and The Terminator. Uh, I knew they were remaking Charlie's Angels. I wonder if they'll get McG to do it again. 
<laughs> McGee. Remember when uh, when Christian Bale uh, had that freak out? Just like McGee, yeah. help me, I'm McGee. A <laughs> yeah. Oh God, maybe McGee will make both of them. He's a terrible director. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so I guess we should probably uh, wrap it up. This has been a uh, one of our longer episodes, but I hope that uh, you've enjoyed it. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Massive Late Fee. If you want to email the show, uh, and I, I promise I will check the email. We have a few e- emails that I need to check. I might read a couple next time. Um, but uh, if you want to email the show, if you have a question or anything, you can email us, uh, MassiveLateFee at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Massive Late Fee. If you want to support the show, uh, you can go to our Patreon. Obviously, I'll, I'll link all this below, but it's uh, I think it's patreon.massivelatefee.com or just search us on Patreon, Massive Late Fee. Um, you know, uh, chuck in a buck or two, uh, whatever uh, you can afford. Uh, it really helps out the, the show. Uh, any, if you want to listen to any of our audio commentaries, you can go to Bandcamp or massivelatefee.bandcamp.com and uh, check out our audio commentaries. We've got a few up there. I think we're going to be doing... Um, Die Hard for Christmas, right? Yeah, that's actually playing in the theater the same weekend that um, uh, Holmes and Watson is. I don't know if I could watch two movies in one weekend. Oh, I don't know. We'll have to see. But uh, but yeah, so we'll probably do that for uh, Christmas, and you know, I'll, I'll let you guys know when that uh, comes out. And if you could uh, rate uh, the show on whatever you're listening on. Uh, Give us however many stars you feel we deserve and uh, tell a friend that helps a lot. If you tell somebody about the show and uh, just like the old, uh, what was it? Farrah Fawcett commercial. uh, They tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on. Soon we'll take over the world. And that is part one of our plan. But trust me, it will be good for all of you. If Mike and I rule the world. Yeah, it might be (laughs) no, no more Star Wars movies. That's for sure. (laughs) And free shots with Dave Coulier and John Stamos, whatever you want. Dave Coulier, not in the wrong. No, I agree. I agree. I like, and I listened to all of them. I went back and listened to all of them. I don't think he's in the wrong in any of them. I think, uh, I think they just thought of a cool name of a of a segment, and admittedly, it's a cool name, but they don't have anything to back <laughs> it up because apparently, Dave yeah. Coulier, Michigan's own, is a very nice guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'd like to thank uh, Jason for the theme song. I'd like to thank uh, Lee and Miranda uh, for being our Patreons. I would like to thank um, who else do we need to thank? Let's thank uh, let's thank our advertiser. How about that? Let's thank um, uh, CollectorMount.com uh, or ComicMount.com. Either one will work and get you to where you need to go. Uh, Either one is owned by a law-abiding citizen. That's, that's for sure. That's correct, and uh, and not not law not uh, oh Gerard Butler's in that. I always confuse Gerard Butler and uh, and the greatest actor in the world, um, Russell Crowe. Yeah, they kind of look alike, and aren't they both Australian? I think so. Yeah, self self professed greatest actor in the world, Russell Crowe. No, actually, I think Russell Crowe's Australian. I think um, I think Gerard Butler is Irish, maybe. Oh, that that could be. 
um, or Scottish, something like that. Uh, but if you go, One of those. but if you go to collectormount.com or comic book or comicmount.com and enter the coupon code late fee 25, you will get 25% off these already insanely low priced, uh, wall mounts, which are high quality and great. I'll tell you, yeah, I am shocked by the, the price of those. I'm, I'm no kidding. I mean, it's, I, I'm definitely going to look into that. I'm getting some for, uh, for the room down here and I'm going to put up some of my, uh, my favorite movies and everything. Cause I, otherwise they just sit around, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know the last time I had a physical copy of any media that I listened to. But yeah, that Van Halen that Van Halen album is going up for sure. Um, you know, regardless of where he was, if it weren't for the United States, Gerard Butler would be speaking German right now. <laughs> That's possibly true. Which uh, some of us might enjoy. <laughs> uh, I was wondering how long it was going to take to get here. <laughs> to get back to this. Oh, well, that is our show tonight, everybody. Uh, like I said, shout us out, uh, you know, on on Facebook and on Twitter if you want. And tell some friends about it. Do some work for the show for once. No, I love, I love the listeners. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye from me and then Auf Wiedersehen from Mark. <laughs>